It's time for a smashing cast from the present. Produced by Michael, the Exo Paradigm Gamer. Consulted by Haydox, the uh, Haydox. Supervised by Ryan, the Rye Rule. And directed by Dan, the King K. It's the Unversed cast. A Keyblade War, more like a Keyblade Snore. Hi, everybody. Welcome back <laughs> to our podcast. <laughs> more like a Keyblade Whore. So we're going to begin with that line. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, my name is Haydox, uh, and um, Michael, our fearless leader, is... Say your name. Michael. <laughs> Michael, our fearless leader, is... All right. Uh, Michael. Next one. Go, go, go. Go I quick. I error. What? Come on. Fast, fast. Error. Who are you? I'm Pikachu! Or something? Okay. I have a okay, Pikachu um, on my cup. Ronald McDonald. Talk. King Cave. <laughs> what? King Cave? That's you. No. That's Dan. Hey, Dan, yeah, why don't you me. tell everybody about yourself? One sentence. Hi, my name's Elsa. <laughs> I, I hail from Arendelle. You know, I should replace our pictures for this podcast with the characters we got. <laughs> you know what? I'm Mickey. You should. You should. I'm Captain you, Jack motherfucking Sparrow. I'll, the reference, I'll own that shit. Well, that episode hasn't gone out yet, so... Oh, yeah, that's it, right. Fuck, so, spoiler! Yeah. Spoiler alert. Anyways, before we begin our Kingdom Hearts 3 plot discussion into spoiler territory and whatever... Spoiler um, town. Spoiler Town, as I like to call it, and Michael does too. Um, I want to tell a little anecdote of what has happened in between the recording. So, oh no, one of my dipshit <laughs> friends, my terrible, awful friends, terrible, awful, no good, very bad. Um, <laughs> they came to my dorm and requested a kiwi, something citrusy, because they were making sangria. I was oh, like, okay, I have a kiwi, so I'm gonna give you a kiwi. Whatever, Michael, I can't pronounce things. It's already it's been sangria. established. It's already in the lore. Okay, moving on. They come down, and they literally have a bag of garbage. And they say, is this a fair trade? And I say, <laughs> no. <laughs> and in, they pull out a rotten head of cabbage. And they say, oh, not the bag, this. And I'm like, I don't want the cabbage. I thought you were going to say he pulled out a copy of the Kingdom Hearts 3 script. Shut the fuck up. We're not going there. So I say, just, okay, I'll give you the kiwi. You know, I got to go back to record with my friends. Uh, you know, whatever. And they're like, okay, well, we don't actually want the kiwi. So they leave. And they, unknowingly to me, they place the cabbage outside of my door. So after we were done recording part one, uh, I was going to go out of my room to, like, take a walk and whatever. And I open the door, and I trip on the cabbage. I faceplant into cabbages. the ground. And I say, for fuck's sake! And I go up, with cabbage in hand, I fucking slam on their door as hard as I can. Out walks their roommate, who is not associated in this crime. She- she had been sleeping, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Now there's another victim of this heinous act. And then I go <laughs> to my other friend's dorm where the roommate said she was. And I once again murderously knock and pound on the door. And then I get another, uh, one of my other friends opens and they're like, oh, she's not here. And I'm like, 
Oh, okay, well, I apologize for, you know, knocking on the door. And then I see the person who has left me this crime and has made me, who has, who has lied to me, who has made me trip on cabbage. <laughs> and I looked her dead in the face and I said, I'll see you in confession. And I left. I abandoned <laughs> the fucking Sonic cabbage. Then Sonic the Hedgehog showed up and asked you to smoke a joint. <laughs> You're like, no, Sonic, I, I have to go to church. And I did. I'm like, uh, in, you know, we've had 15 minutes and I've already had a communion with God. And God being Kingdom Hearts 3. I don't want to waste much time hey, like my we God. did in the last episode. So let's, uh, let's dive into the heart. Michael, play. Haydox, before play. you say anything, I gotta say, Haydox, there's only one God. And he don't dress like Mario. that. Mario. No, no, Mario's Panera Bread. <laughs> All right, uh, Michael, play the Uncle Mike's Fanfic Corner intro. No, no, I, I'm putting my foot down. You're not, You're not allowed. No, no. Yeah, and while the, while I'm saying this, make it like cut in and out while I'm saying no, 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 no. You know, you can't XO, do that. Now that I think about it, this is probably going to be the most in-depth. The longest Uncle Mike's fan fiction corner we've ever uh, had on the podcast. No, no. Sonic High School. This is probably going to be longer than that. I don't you know. probably way more in-depth. You think you're funny. I want to set the boundaries. <laughs> I am a defender of Kingdom Hearts' 3's plot. All I right. like it. So, Your like, real like battle lines are being drawn right now. Hey, Dox, I think you and I are almost identical with our story opinions. I've never been more satisfied in my life to hear someone as fucking wonderful as you say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny how it turned out this way. <laughs> I predicted this shit. I knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> he saw with the gazing eye on the no-name Keyblade. Yeah, he he read the Book of Prophecies. Yes. You know, Adox confirmed for of? the Master of Masters. You, this is. I see if, it. Holy shit! You know what this is? You know how like, uh, you know how Kingdom Hearts Three is essentially a proxy for uh, Erikis and Xehanort's game, right? Erikis. Erikis. Ericus, whatever, I can't pronounce things. It's fine, it's cool, everybody's First having a good sangria, time. Yeah, I, hey, Dux, I know that you can't pronounce things, because you keep pronouncing trash like Kingdom Hearts 3. It's, okay, it's a Ryan, Spanish swear, word, it's my point is, <laughs> I'm like, If I can just get a moment in without being insulted, <laughs> my point is, this recording session is going to be a proxy for a Zebros playthrough. And what I mean by oh, that no. is that King K and I are essentially the pawns of Michael playing the game against Eric, who's trying to fuck with him and say it's bad and be an antagonizing force. You, you dare force. compare me to that, to that man. <laughs> you, you are Eric's piece well, right now. You know what the real question war. is? Which one of us are the- which team is the light and which team is the darkness? Well, obviously, Exo and I are the light team. No. <laughs> We're, we're trying yeah. to restore sensibility to the world. <laughs> sensibility? <laughs> series that has, that has had one game where it was sensible. You know what, King yeah. K? You keep saying that. But why why is it that we are not allowed to demand better? You are. I just am not forced to agree with you. Thank you, EXO. Thank you. Like, what, why <laughs> is it? Why is it so much to ask for a simple plot? Because some people like the convoluted plot, like me. Yeah. 
Yes. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. Okay. So, I enjoy the convoluted plot to an extent. I think there is some sort of appeal that's worth following it. You know, like, I think that's, you know, there's something there. But with Dream Drop Distance, for example, it draws, you know, it crosses the line with time travel. Okay. But with Kingdom Hearts 3, the issue isn't that it's stupid. The issue (laughs) is that it is set up. It is set up for Kingdom Hearts 4. That's all it is. Really? That's your objection to it? That's one of of my biggest objections. You are so wrong. Yes. That's your objection to the plot? That is one of them. That is one of them. Even Michael is surprised. Oh, no. (laughs) That is one of them. And the others is, like, another objection that I have is that it takes the moments from Kingdom Hearts 2, the tragic moments (laughs) with Roxas and Namine and, you know, Axel's sacrifice and all that kind of stuff, and it just shits all over it. It doesn't matter if Roxas has to say goodbye. You know, it doesn't matter that the ending of Kingdom Hearts 2 is so beautiful and that Roxas and Namine get to live on through Sora and Kairi. There was a beauty to that kind of tragedy. It was beautiful. There was a beauty to Axel sacrificing himself so that way Rox can live on through Sora. There was a beauty to it. You know, say what you will about Kingdom Hearts' plot being stupid. It is for the most part, but goddamn, does it have its moments? And when it has its moments, it can be really fucking powerful. And are Kingdom you Hearts telling says, me that there you. weren't any moments Let's just like bring that them in Kingdom Hearts 3? Why? Are you- I don't know. Why is Namine back? <sighs> I don't know. Where does Roxas come from? I don't know. Where does Xion come from? Fuck if I know. But this Reaching game replica? was billed as the resolution game. It was what supposed happened? to resolve that stuff. That stuff. What happened? Uh, <laughs> what happened? What? <laughs> 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 it's like. Uh, is, is, it's, it, is it even worth having this conversation? What? What the, is even just worth talking the about this plot? Is it yes. worth yes, talking it is. about? Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> it has oh merit. God. It's been building up to this. Michael, <laughs> no, no, you want out. <laughs> like, fuck this. Like, so don't you dare bail, bail out okay, on me. So folks at home, just so you know, there, there is an element of playing things up going on here. Will, the four of us will still be friends after this is over, okay? Just wanted to throw that in. <laughs> Mommy and Daddy still love each other. <laughs> Michael, Just pay Michael. no attention to the divorce papers. <laughs> Michael's having flashbacks to the hero's playthrough. <laughs> it's flashing you know, his eyes. You know, if, if, if I could make it through that, I can make it through this. So I think this is going to be a lot more tame because this is 2v2, not 3v1. What are we supposed to, like, where, what are we supposed to start saying? This is even I, harder to figure out. Than I think we should go in chronological order of how I mean, things are okay. after the Disney World. I think, I feel like I think that it's makes worth the most saying sense. that, like I said, on the whole, just in terms of gameplay, I, I will maintain that this is the best game in the series. Uh, I still think Kingdom Hearts 1 is the most well-rounded game in the series because the plot isn't garbage, but (laughs) which did I have more fun playing? This, no question. Um, But what about uh, And there were lots of things I did like in this game. Like I'm saying, like those things, what you just said, Haydox, the graphics Mm -hmm. are fantastic. The soundtrack is immaculate. 
you know, it's just like, this game is 90% of the way there. Well, I don't know, it's, uh, I hate to put it that way, because that means that I only weigh the story at 10%, which I don't. But it's, God, if I don't hate the plot of this video game. Okay, so XO, all right. Let me ask you something. That's so if, if, if you want, if you liked the other games, go play this. You will, you will enjoy the gameplay. And my guess is that you're probably closer to Hadox and King K about how much stock you actually put in the plot. This this conversation is just for fun. <laughs> for the yeah, fun I of mean, you people at home listening fun? to us bicker. Well, I mean, oh. like, the entire Unversed cast is just for fun, Michael. I don't think that, that we're uh, informing those diligent consumers of what to buy. You know, I think if, if people want to play Kingdom Hearts, they will play Kingdom Hearts. You know, we're not going to sway anybody just, any other like, way. We're not here to inform the I, fellow gamers. I just want to make it clear like you that know I had fun into. playing this game. Yeah, I don't I hate <laughs> it. I do hate the plot. I will okay. agree with that. I, I think it makes the most sense to go in chronological order and discuss the events that have happened and then maybe relate back oh to them. Oh god, this is like a fucking test. <laughs> well, why? It's pretty clear what happens okay. in the story. Okay, here, yeah, we can go in, chrono well, in chronological you meant, order. You wanted us to summarize every game up to this point. No, 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 no. I'm oh, just boy. saying for Kingdom Hearts 3, like, we just go in what happened and organically go through the game until the end, and then... Yeah, we can, we can do that. Okay, so uh, Sora, Donald, and Goofy no. fuck around with Disney World, and then uh, 20 hours later, the plot happens. Yep. Okay, no, you're wrong there. <laughs> you're wrong. What, a, what a nice sentence description you got there. Oh, 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 how, how could I forget? Uh, sometimes they talk through face chat. Okay, but you're mm. wrong, though, because... It, the, but you're wrong. You're so okay. wrong. Before you're, we get okay, into let me, that, Michael, Michael, I want. It's your birthday today. Cake and ice cream is on its way. And Michael, you're such a good boy this year. I'm gonna be guests. I'm gonna try to make sure the rooms. You gotta help me out of this toilet right now. And give me some candy corn. I know that's a weird request, but just get it. I want to say I want to respond. I want to, like, buzz in with my little buzzer so we don't talk over each other. All right, Buzz Lightyear, let's go. <laughs> Not take, today. Uh, you're wrong for 500, Alec, because you are. Um, Who's Alec? I'm Alec. Alec is PsyQuest Gamer. <laughs> I will never be on this podcast. I do want to say that <laughs> um, you're wrong because, like, throughout the entire Disney World, they, there is shit happening. Like, it all relates back to the main plot. Sora, it's all about Sora's character development and him trying to regain the power of waking so he can go talk about resurrect that. Aqua. So okay, I, think I don't necessarily oh think we should go in chronological order. Hang on. Okay, that's fine. Like, I feel, I feel okay, like so. we should just, like, we should go, like, because you can separate Disney and actual plot. I think it might be valuable for us to discuss Disney related goings on first. I mean, I feel like we generally already, feel about that. Well, we, we already did, to an did extent. in the first part, didn't we? we? No, we we dipped our toes into it. When we talked about some of the you know, we dipped our toes. I don't think we went in depth. But we, we definitely didn't talk got about our feet stuff in. like how relevant they are, how yeah. the stories are actually like how they relate <laughs> to the main and, plot. And, and I stuff. made a point, I made a point early on in that discussion where I said it's hard to talk about you know, 
the things that I wanted to talk about because it kind of it, it kind of goes hand in hand with the story. Okay. So with Kingdom Hearts 2, for example, the drives were there for a reason, like the different drive forms, you know, and Sora's out, Sora got a new redesign and there was a plot reason for it to an extent, right? Like the new outfit, it harnessed the power of the drives. And I thought that was cool. And I thought it was neat how they kind of integrated that into the story. The issue that I have with, I guess, the Keyblade transformations, the shot lock, uh, and just overall how Sora feels in Kingdom Hearts 3. While he does feel really, really awesome to play as, I'm not docking that. He feels great. The issue that I have is that they make a point to say that Sora is significantly weaker than the last time that Pete and, Mil and uh, Maleficent saw him. They, they really hammered that home, that Sora is weaker. But yet, he has all of these new moves, he has all the stuff that kind of comes out of nowhere, and, you know, he's, he's running super fast, he's running on walls, he's doing all this parkour stuff. Granted, you can say that's a nitpick, but I think it kind of... What's the phrase that I heard? Lunar, lunar narrative dissonance, I guess? Oh, boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> no! boy. Go right the ahead. Right, Ryan, you're so being a gaming sins right now. <laughs> Go right Shut ahead. Fuck up, Michael. Go right ahead. How but dare me, you I criticize just... video games? But for Michael, me, I it's because ludonarrative narrative dissonance is like a meme, no matter yeah. how you but, say it. Okay, but here's the thing. For me, it's glaring when everyone is saying that you're powered down, you're nerfed, you're nerfed. But yeah, this is the most powerful Sora has ever been in, in the beginning of any of the Kingdom Hearts games. He That's is ridiculously true. powerful. I never felt weak. He's fucking running up walls. Exactly, and then he pulls out these attraction stuff out of nowhere. It, it would have been like I—I I had initially thought that the new redesign that he got, the one that's supposed to like help him explore through the realm of darkness, I thought that would have bring in the attraction stuff. You know, that would have made sense. Like once we got that design, it's like, oh hey, by the way, you can call it these. Uh, you got like a new power. That would have been great, but they introduced that so early. The issue that I have is that they kind of throw all these things at you in the very beginning, and it's just there. I think if you learned these things gradually, if you got these things gradually, that definitely would have helped with making Sora feel more powerful. But they don't do that. But That's the, my issue. Then where's the fun of even playing the game? The fun you of know? playing the game is getting more powerful as you go along. But if you're starting like out like if a you actually earn the person. different kind of gameplay styles. But it, I don't think I put as much stock yeah, into you know, the idea that his outfit is directly related to his power set. Like, well, I, Ryan, like, I agree with you on the whole, on the plot, but this is not one of, personally, not one of my problems. It's it, it's, it's not, like, like, you could call it a nitpick, but it was something that was addressed in Kingdom Hearts 2, and I thought it was something that would be addressed here. Is it like Mario's supposed to learn how to jump? Like... <laughs> that, okay, again, that, that's <laughs> what, what a false equivalent. In... No, you can't pull that. I, I stop with these yeah, logical but to be to be fair, uh, Hadox, Mario doesn't start out Odyssey being able to possess people. Okay. Okay. But I don't because care. He, he no learns reason. it within the first five seconds. Which yes. is and the he, exact same thing that happens in Kingdom Hearts 3. So. No, he doesn't yeah, learn it. He already note, learned it. Why couldn't he have been given the new clothes before the level started? Because then it, he, yeah, he's like, coming I, from I'll Kingdom Hearts that, 2. But also... Why does it matter that much? You know, I like, personally don't think it does, but I'm just playing because again. Figure. If you're going to go, if you're going to go out of your way to make it a point, 
that Sora is supposed to be weaker, why are you going to make him more powerful? That doesn't but make any sense. He's definitely weaker than at the end of Kingdom Hearts he's 2. He's weaker in the Dragon the Ball of sense. Drop distance. Yeah. He, his power like, level he, he's is He's not lower. like a baby now. He's just weaker than he used to be, which is true. Mm. Which is something like combo, I do have a problem his, with. His because combos are shorter. It, it's... It is like... That's the thing, right? It is like a kind of a catch-22 because you want to have a nice progression. It's the same problem Metroid runs into a lot, where you want to have a nice progression, but you kind of like Samus, either you don't explain it at all, either you don't explain it at all, or you explain it and then people aren't going to be happy about it. But then, you like, know? you do have that progression because. You learn different movement options, and you can extend your combo, you can high jump, you air slide more. Like, you glide, and, and there's still that progression with Sora. You get better keyblades, you get more powerful. That, that, that sense of progression is not gone. Yeah. Which is fair. Which is fair. But again, I'm talking more so about the implementation of game mechanics. How that's not really paced out all that well. Like, in terms of, like, Sora's power set. I think they could have, all I'm saying is that I think they could have done a better job of pacing it out better, and that would have also helped the story a lot more. It would have made this, like, I would have been able to be like, oh no, this actually makes sense, as opposed to, wait, where does this come from? Mm -hmm. That's that. I mean, that's just me. Call it a nitpick, but that's just something that I took note of. It is it, a nitpick. It's just the tip of the iceberg, honestly. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> Let's talk about uh, Phil some more. No. <laughs> no. We, we've exhausted that conversation. We're done. <laughs> we've exhausted Phil. <laughs> Phil is yeah, exhausted. we did. Exhausted the trash, man. I do. Uh, see, but like. All right. First of all, if we're going to get serious, I got to take off my pants because it is getting <laughs> hot right now. I'm not expecting that. Gay cocks. Don't call me gay. <laughs> I never thought I would ever hear Exo say gay cocks. I, I saw an image, and it really shouldn't be that funny, but there's an image going around Twitter <laughs> in the toy box level where, with the toy blocks where they spell out the word gay with the toy blocks. I'm like, it's just like, that's something I would do when I was 12. No, I, like, I, <laughs> I've been seeing the one where Sora spells out Oh god. Oh, and he yikes. has like this big stupid that. smile. And I'm yeah, like, that, that's oh, not no. Good. oh no. Yikes. That's a yikes for me, dog. Yeah, Michael, cut that out. <laughs> Epic gamer moment right there. Somebody called PewDiePie. <laughs> the moment Lold that Ryan said he saw <laughs> and it made him smile. <laughs> Wait. I didn't say it made me smile. No, I said Sora had a smile. Oh. Okay. Sora had the smile. Michael, are you gonna put up a little? Please stand by. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna put like a technical difficulties thing up, and then cut well, that. You can put that there when Ryan says, and Sora it spells out, and then cut it there, and then us <laughs> laughing. Uh, have people speculate. Yeah. Oh, wait, how do we even talk about this plot? <laughs> I, I, I'm oh, saying we start from the beginning. We I start, don't think right. going chronologically, like... If you're I, like, watching I, this, like, you've already played the game. Yeah, just like... Like, we don't need to summarize it necessarily. I think we, we should talk about first... I, I think we should talk about... First of all... Our, what, are, what are our stances... On how Kingdom Hearts plot is generally 
handled in comparison to Disney World plot. Uh, Let's start there. Sure. And Should to be positive, crack pipe? to be positive, <laughs> I do honestly, honestly think like we talked about stuff like the Tangled World not including key Tang scenes. <laughs> but other than that, I think that this is the best they've ever handled these worlds in terms of just in terms of mixing Sora with these characters and making a plot, this is the best it's ever been. Oh, Because, mm, again, with Dream Drop, you got the flashback cutscenes, which filled in the gaps. So there's that. And they were optional cutscenes as well. There, so there's there a is part a thing of me that on wants the main to say, menu you can look at where you can find those. What happened? Yeah. There is a thing right on the main on the title screen that you could look at that basically summarizes the previous games. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like in the actual Disney worlds. You got cutscenes about the Disney worlds. Oh, you mean the like the part in the Tron world where it flashes backwards and you can see like Yeah, I see what and you there's mean. also a couple in the Hunchback of Notre Dame level where um it's you don't see it in the actual main game, but you see it in one of the optional flashbacks where it's Quasimodo telling, or not Quasimodo, it's about Frollo telling Quasimodo that he needs to stay inside because the world is cruel and wicked and blah, 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 blah. Like, that's an actual cutscene in the game, but it's an optional cutscene. It's not one that you see during the main campaign. It fills in uh, a gap I and see. it explains some stuff. Three doesn't have that. So I'm not as eager as I normally would be saying that three handles it the best because in terms of presentation, yeah, it does. And it looks like an actual Pixar movie. It looks great. I'm not denying that. But the way how it handled a lot of its plot stuff, when it was when it was for the worlds that were basing it off the movie, it was flawed. Because, again, it was missing a lot of core elements. Yeah. But then who, again... Who is this with Hans stuff like the, guy? Why is like he trying to kill Story Elsa? World, not explained. With the Toy Story world, I thought that story was genuinely great. And that was easily the highlight of Kingdom Hearts 3 for me in terms of its plot. Like, it was great. Yeah. But then again, it didn't really rely on a movie plot. Yeah. Monsters, Inc. was actually pretty bad because, again, it... Well, it, well, Monsters, Inc. was a different case because it follows after the original movie, but they don't do anything in it. Yeah. They, just, they, they, they play stop and go with Boo's door. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. And then yeah, Randall shows up and he's voiced by Cusco from Emperor's of, New School. I think it speaks to the kind of, like, what we want out of it. Because for me, I, I don't care as long as it's an excuse to get interactions between Sora, Donald, and Goofy and the Disney characters. I genuinely don't. And I think the parts that drag these down are when... Sora, Donald, and Goofy have to be isolated from them because they have to play out movie details. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because then it just feels pointless. Yeah. Which is why I think Tangled, Frozen are not necessarily pirates because there's enough unique stuff there that <clears> didn't bother <throat> me that much. But that's, that's kind of why Tangled and Frozen feel like the most pointless from that standpoint for me. Because... I loved Monsters, Inc. I know it's not like an interesting plot, but I don't really, I don't really need that. What I need is, an, is a good excuse to have a lot of character interactions. And that's kind of yeah. what I got. So that, for I can't me, deny that. that's fine. 
Which is fair. But again, that's why I'm also reluctant to say that Kingdom Hearts 3 handled it the best because it's inconsistent. Yeah, but like, I mean, like for me, like the the idea that it doesn't fill in movie plot details. I'm not gonna say it's not a problem, but it's not something that I even really cared about. Mm-hmm. Which is fair. I mean, like, and to even if it didn't fill out the details, it was still entertaining to watch. Like, I didn't ever sit there and skip a scene. You know. I didn't sit there and be like, oh, this is pointless. Because even though... Well, anything... <laughs> anything regarding the Frozen world that didn't have Lark scene in it, that was, you know, I think that was skippable. The best part of know. the Frozen world was the bits with Lark scene. Lark scene was cool. I Yeah, Lark scene was definitely cool. No pun intended. Ha ha ha. In wow, Aaron, hey, Dox, no. I'm shocked that you made that pun. I know, I stole your joke. Please sue me for plagiarism and expose me online. <laughs> so you can be indignant on the interweb. There I go again, stealing Michael's joke. Whose joke will I steal next time? Now, I want to say, Lark scene in Arendelle is super cool, super fresh, super fun. Super hot. Um, but I mean, like... The, the bits where Sora, Donald, and Goofy are going around with uh, Marshmallow. That's cool. Or like, uh, you know, they're in Let It Go and they're just like watching Elsa sing. Or like, no. uh... What? <laughs> no, I, I like that. Yeah, I know, I know y'all did. But I disagree. You just don't like Let It Go because you don't have a heart. Well, actually... You know what? Fair point. I don't have a heart. I am a heartless little fuck, but guess what? I ran. I, I also have taste. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. You know, Ryan, one of these days, one of these days, you know when the hurricane of my girth comes crashing down. Hurricane Paul Ironblade. Fuck! You're not gonna complete that thought just like Nomura didn't. I oh. swear. <laughs> He's not even here to defend himself. Wait, here he is! Hi guys, I'm Tetsuya Namura, and welcome to Kingdom Hearts 3. Would you like to ask me any questions? Yeah. No, because you you'll just answer our questions with more questions that we didn't even fucking ask! Uh, he, he left, guys. Sorry. Good. He doesn't want any questions. <laughs> Good, because he's probably uh, just going to make up some other shit. You're wrong. I just, I love Let It Go. I, uh, Let It Go is a great song. People like Again, to hate it it's... because, I don't know, it's a good song. I mean, it's a good song if, you know, you listen to Radio Disney a lot, but... <laughs> okay. Ryan, what's Jesus your favorite Ryan. band? What's your favorite band, Ryan? I don't know, I don't have a favorite band. What's Can't your favorite song right now? Mm. <laughs> favorite band? Fuck me. Ah. Uh... Carpenters. Trash. <laughs> Do you even know, you know who the Carpenters are? Now, <laughs> and I, I will say, though, that, like, there's a scene where they're, the one time they actually try to have some exposition in the Frozen world, where they're talking about how Elsa and Anna used to be close together, and then suddenly... You know, and they don't explain that part from the movie. Snowman. Yeah, and they they play. I want to build a snowman, and you can hear. No, do you want to build a snowman? Singing. It's I want to build a snowman. What are you talking about? Whatever. Have you ever they seen play Frozen? That, yes, I have seen it. Hey, Docs. 
I'm There's so a song sorry. from the beginning of the movie where Anna is singing, I want to, <laughs> do you want to build a snowman with me, Elsa? And it's in the, the context of the movie, it's about, I used to be best friends with my sister, now she wants nothing to do to with me, and that's buddies, And now we're not, I'm So that works in the context why. of the movie, because we know why Elsa doesn't want to do it, and it's tragic. But in the game, they don't talk about the part where Elsa accidentally froze Anna's heart when she was little and had to go to Rock Trolls. It's, if you haven't seen the movie, that probably sounds like a fever dream. But, oh yeah, the Rock Trolls were in the movie. <laughs> uh, but so she's a bit my, of a fixer. That's not even really my problem with that scene. My problem with that scene is, well, we want to put the song in there because the Disney suit said we had to put the song in there. but. The purpose of the scene is to have exposition, so you're listening to the younger version of Anna singing the song while the older version is talking and giving you exposition, and they're both given equal audio balancing. So you can't really hear what either of them are saying, and it was just really messy. And the way I look at it is they should have either just played the song, or they should have had the song start, then fade out, you know, with a, uh, you know, volume pan, volume envelope, you know, and then cut to her, her, overlaid that with the older actor's voice and just had her explain it. We didn't need to have, you know, there were so many ways they could have fixed that problem. And it just... I know an easy fix. Just not have Arendelle in the fucking game. <laughs> See, that I don't have a problem with. Like, again, it's, it's probably like Pirates of the Caribbean in the second game where Disney said, you have to put Frozen in the game. And I know it was it was it was gonna happen, and I don't begrudge that. And Ryan, the movie is good, and I'll hear no alternative facts on that point. No alternative facts. <laughs> I do, um, you know, but like, I I want to give the toy bat the toy box a lot of credit because. I think story-wise, that was one of my favorite uh, favorite worlds. There, it's not my favorite gameplay-wise and everything, but the story they crafted in that world was so compelling because a it wasn't a rehash of what we have seen, and b it was strictly on the characters with Buzz, Woody, Rex, Ham, and uh, yeah. you know young Xehanort, and. Seeing the progression of Woody's character and Buzz slowly coming to accept Sora. And Sora also starting to realize that, you know, other people have hearts. And, and that's okay. And, like, it's okay to have friends. And then there's this po powerful message where Woody just fucking tells off Xehanort. He's like, fuck you, no one ever has loved you. You're trash. You should be in the garbage. And I'm like, whatever you're what talking about, I don't care. But yeah. you know, there's something else that I also like about it too, is that like 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 the the kind of plot points, or rather the kind of character arc that they made Buzz go through, you could say it's been done before, you could say it's cliche. I'm not arguing against that, but like what they actually did with it was really compelling and really interesting. And like you yeah. actually understood where Buzz was coming from, because the whole point of this world is that the toys are being possessed by Heartless. Right, and then once when he beat the when he beat the heart, the heartless out of the toys, the toys are stagnant. They don't move anymore, almost like as if they're dead. And then like there's also the part where it's like when you're fighting the doll boss and then you beat it, and then Buzz just has like this this moment where he's like, he he loses his cool over it. It's like wow, 
It's like these toys are watching other people die. And there was also one where it's just like, it, it was towards the beginning when you go into the toy shop where like, um, Sora says something like, oh, why isn't that toy moving? And then Buzz or what he says like, oh, it probably doesn't know yet. It probably doesn't know that it's alive yet. And then when he beat it, and then it's still like, it's immobile. Buzz like, I don't remember what he says, but he says something like smart and snarky. But then like, it's that kind of negative emotion that he has, that kind of doubt that makes him fall into the darkness, which is weird to say out loud, but you know. <laughs> and it's just, it's so, it was interesting. It was like, it was an interesting take on life and death. And how I have a controversial it. take, if you would Go right allow ahead. me. Oh no. Mm. So, people complain about the idea that Sora's only reason for going to the Disney worlds is to find the power of waking, and that he doesn't find it until after the Disney worlds. All right, so I have something to say about this. It might take me a minute or two to get through it. You know, take your time. But we're all Exo's here cracking for you. his knuckles. I I think this is more thematically appropriate than it is literally appropriate. In the sense that Sora's journey throughout the game, he struggles with this openly in the beginning. He, not only do people doubt him, he's starting to doubt himself. And I think that's important. Because when he's, when he's trying to learn from Hercules where to find lost power, he gets good advice about, he gets good advice not only about him telling about Hercules telling him about how, like, when he wanted to save Meg, he found the power that he needed. But also he learns about how Hercules is a god, and how his true home is in Olympus, where his loved ones are, rather than the people who directly brought him into the world. Or, like, where, where like, he's found his place, and stuff like that. And you go on, and you go on to, like, Toy Story, and it explores other things about, like, trust issues and um like how buzz is very like he's very standoffish where and that gets him in trouble and it's about like warming up to people and um i think sora learns stuff from that and i think you go on to other worlds i don't want to go through like all of them but like you can kind of glean that stuff from the sword like the things that sora will learn in each world and dare I say that him learning different things going world to world links up really, really well with the getting to the Keyblade War and when he actually learns the power of waking. Yeah. In the sense that like he literally learns it, but his journey getting there, there are a lot of things that he learned, not just about that, that could be incorporated into the power of waking about like, about like what like how the tools that he needed to save people is to understand why people need to be saved in the first place like to understand that he needs to go around and find flaws within people to learn from to help him to get over his own sense of self-doubt to truly believe in the fact that he can help his friends and he does that when they all die I'm glad yeah. this is the spoiler section, so I can say that. But 
When they all die, when all hope is lost, he has to rely on his own power to save his friends. And that's not something that, I don't think that's something that he's done before because he's always been defined by his relationships with other people. Yeah. So this entire game is really the journey of him learning to like find his own place within his group of friends, to find his own power, which is kind of symbolized by the power of waking, this mystical thing that isn't really explained very thoroughly. And, uh, and people, I know, and it is valid, that people will say that the power of waking is ill-defined and it's weird when he gets it, but I prefer the idea that the power of waking is more symbolic, that it, it represents more about Sora's journey than it does a literal thing to move the plot forward, because that's just yes. not what I'm here for. That's not what I'm at Kingdom Hearts for. Yes. There's yes, my spiel I, about the Disney worlds. <clears throat> I, I, I want to add on to this, hold on, because sure. this, this really reminds me of um, Annihilation. Have you ever seen that film? No. Which like, one? Annihilation. Annihilation. No, no, I haven't. It's also a book. It, it was about um, a team of researchers who go into this thing called the Bloom, and oh, the Bloom that is an Natalie alien Portman invasive. movie. Yes, 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 yes. So, the literally, when you look at that film, literally, it's about an alien invasion and a bunch of people trying to stop it. And at the end, it's implied that the alien parasite has taken over. That's like the literal interpretation of that movie. But thematically, it's about the team of researchers struggles and the bloom symbolically represents all of the struggles they feel. Like, um, one of the person has this, uh, this, uh, I believe it's, it's something like she, she has PTSD or something and the bloom manifests itself in a way that demonstrates her inner struggles that she has to conquer, but it, it, it ends up, like, um, overwhelming them, and Natalie Portman, who's the main character, comes to accept her flaws and her struggles, and that's sort of the idea of the movie, and then, like, there, there's a lot of other things I'm leaving out, but the point is that I don't think narratives are meant to be taken so literally. So when we talk about like, oh, there's 13 Xehanorts, how silly is that? And like, yeah, some of the Disney stuff is left out. And like King K said, thematically, I think it all works. I think it all builds Sora's character to eliminate his self-doubt. And the climax when he has to find himself, he literally has to collect fragments of himself. Yeah. in the final world when he dies he has to pull himself together and that allows him to pull his friends together and i think that's extremely powerful and you know it's not it's not like oh this is the most innovative story of all time and i i don't even know why i have to say that because that's stupid but it's it's such a good narrative for demonstrating Sora's character development for showing how Sora is making through this hellish landscape of like terrible shit happening everywhere and like he he is constantly shown to be like the light in the darkness he is the best light there's all of these hearts inside of him and he's feeling the pressure he's feeling the doubt he he's starting to feel negative emotions which i I think is extremely powerful. Like this character that is told that he's supposed to save everyone, that he's the hero, and like you see him struggle with that. And like 
his friends realistically cheer him up. They banter. They laugh. Mm. And when I think about mm. it that way, I can relate it to, you know, I don't know, like personal struggles of mine. I can like see, you know, like it's a very relatable story and I like it. And that, <clears throat> that like, that isn't to say that you can't like read literally into a story and have problems with it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's more to say that the fact that we can glean that, like we can get that kind of like we can get that kind of a reading out of it. Cause I, I definitely did feel for Sora at certain points. Cause there are a lot of moments where, and I think it's a lot more than other games where he, he looks like he's feeling not like either down or confused or just like it's, it's a little subtle, but like there are scenes in the gummy ships where he's thinking about what's going on. And I think it really does reflect his, his struggle throughout the game. And it's just, I don't think it's a struggle he's ever really had to contend with. So I, I do like that. You guys, you guys obviously make a fair point, you know, and I think it's good that y'all are able to find value in the story. Right. And I'm not trying to take nothing. To, I'm not trying to take anything away from you or from anyone who sees value in the story. You know, you see something that I don't, I think that's great. More power to you. However, I think that, you know, what, while what you're saying does make sense, if we're going to bring it back to the Disney worlds for a second, I think if they, I don't want to say spelled it out, but made it more clear that that is what they were trying to go for, maybe I would be more inclined to agree, but even still, again too many holes in the blanket it doesn't keep you warm and it it's just like at that point again as someone who hasn't seen a lot of the disney movies i had no idea what i had no idea what was going on but there was a lot of context that was missing i was asking a lot of questions like wait who is this what is this why is this happening what is this right and then it also doesn't help that during the actual kingdom hearts stuff as in like the parts where we're learning about uh, like when Sora's like on the gummy ship, he's he's FaceTiming with uh, Ienzo and he's starting to like think about uh, what he's going to do with the power of waking and stuff like that. I was still asking questions and I was also asking questions like, oh, wait, Demix is here. What's Demix doing? Oh, wait, now he's just completely out of the story. What's going on? Like the game kept on bringing up these questions, but they weren't really answering them in a fulfilling way. Or rather, in some cases, they don't answer them at all. Like characters just kind of come and go. As they please, some characters are just brought back out of nowhere. And the issue that I have is that a lot of the times it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Exo, do you have anything to say that like, like, am I sounding like, how do I say this? Look, um, you get what I'm saying, right, Exo? Uh, there is a quote from Hadox that I like to share in situations mm -hmm. like this. Uh, he once said, we were having a discussion about, um, Finn's arc in The Last Jedi which in many ways uh, kind of parallels this where my defense of that arc would be the fact that he fails to just to shut off the uh, light speed tracker thing is I personally I was not bothered by that because for thematic reasons which is essentially what you guys are going with this like, the point of Finn's arc is for him to decide whether he wants to run away from the conflict and be completely absent for it, from it, 
or if he really wants to fully join the resistance and get behind their values and you know him journeying with rose who lost someone in this conflict and who is fully committed and also dj who was basically like a freeloader in the conflict and is just doing whatever to make ends meet and betrays them spoilers so it's kind of like an angel and a devil that's how ryan johnson put it so i'm yeah. fine with that because some people will say that's a side quest that doesn't matter they should have won and because they didn't succeed at the job they were trying to do that is worthless and therefore it's a waste of time so I, yeah. it's like i can I mean, understand that, that's part of why i love that movie though so yeah. like i'm with you there so it's so i guess what i'm trying to explain here is why i can like that and you know part of part of it is also the theme of that movie is failure so the fact that they did not succeed it's like about putting all of the characters through the meat grinder and just taking out all of the wind from their sails but the reason why i appreciate that and didn't like this is because and here comes the hadox quote where he oh, i'm excited he responded <laughs> to my uh, defense of Finn's arc from the story by saying, you know, Michael, you can say that Sonic dying in Sonic 06 is thematically appropriate to whatever, and then, you know, and his point there is not that thematic readings and thematic purposes of stuff in a plot is always bullshit, but that not all interpretations are created equal, and just because there were something is trying to do something thematic doesn't mean that it works. And I also I also agree with that to an extent still. Uh, I want to clarify that a little bit because I agree with you, Michael. I think that, you know, you can have it both ways and critique the thematic uh, point of the text and also how it literally presents itself. I think that's fine. Um, but I do agree with, like, you know, you could relate Sonic dying to anything and say it's thematically this or that. And we could disagree on it. Um, yeah, but ultimately it's like, even, even with my love for the thematic aspect of Kingdom Hearts 3, I really kind of do like the literal interpretation of it as well. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, also, to I'm give also you guys under credit, no, I'm I under no not... impression that, that like, it, like, I'm not under the impression that it was an intentional move by Nomura because first of all, none of us can prove that it was. And secondly, it's I mean, that's the thing with very, fiction. You know, it's a very per like readings are very personal and like they come out of like one person can read a movie in an entirely different way. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I will give you guys credit in so far as that was not a reading of Kingdom Hearts 3 that I myself happened to come upon. And usually I'm pretty... I'm not going to say I'm great at it, at reading into that kind of stuff, but I, at the very least, enjoy looking for that kind of stuff. Like, I can watch Kung Fu Panda 2 and get, <laughs> and get really into the film's uh, th theming of fate and destiny and about how, you know... As Master Ugwe once said, one often meets one's destiny on the road they take to avoid it. It's a running theme of Kamku Panda, but in the second film especially, I like fate as a theme. I loved, I loved it in Lords of Shadow, I loved it in Paper Mario, and I loved it in Kung Fu Panda too. 
but it, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm <laughs> losing my train of thought. I, I appreciate that, and it does make me understand why you guys like the story a lot more. That you got mm -hmm. something out of it. My problem was that in terms of the narrative structure and why things were placed here and why they were placed there, it, it, I was so distracted by all of that stuff, just trying to keep, just my brain, trying to keep up with everything that was happening, that any enjoyment I would have gotten or any opportunity that I would have gotten to have seen Sora's character journey in this game, it just made it that much harder to see and to appreciate because I was too distracted. Because, you know, say what you will about The Last Jedi, but in terms of the sequence of events that are happening, it makes sense. I mean, you can what you can be make sense a about Kingdom Hearts three. I have a question. What doesn't make sense to you? The sequence of events. It's pretty. I, I don't know. I feel like why it's pretty is, clear to why me. Why is Terra Xehanort there at the same time that recompleted Master Xehanort is? Because is that time travel? travel? It's also yes. a replica. Yeah, it's a replica. But how does that they make sense, though? This. Well, I think the point that is trying to be made here is that it's less that it doesn't make sense. I think it's more that it's overly convoluted. There, there are so, because, there are because so there, many I things think there going are explanations. on. No, okay, the things that I have not found explanations for are, one, why are Marluxia and Larxene in the organization? Um, what happened because to there's, there's actually a scene, which is kind of funny, where they're like, Hey, Larxene's like, hey, Marluxia, why are we here? And they just get cut off. And I, like, I, I still well, no, don't know no. why they were in the organization. No, they actually say something where it's just like, oh, yeah, no, you all have a specific reason for being here, but they don't say what it is. No, 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 that's not my problem. Box. My problem. My problem is why are Larxene and Marluxia? Why did they agree to be there? Is what I'm well, saying. Well, Larxene like, apparently had a reason, but she's like, it's my secret. And also yeah, on top she, of that, she dies, and she says that. What's the point? But is she gonna thing, reappear in a future game? That's oh, I so would dumb. Not pass Nomura. And I maybe like, Larxene, but like Marluxia, like I, I, especially considering Marluxia had started the coup, I don't know why he was <laughs> there again. And on top of that, okay, so what about Vexen? Okay, so at one point Vexen's just like, oh yeah, I abandoned my human body, so I, that way nothing can get in the way of my research. And then on the like, all of a sudden, at the drop of a hat, he's like, oh, well, suddenly I want to atone. I want to be a good guy. Well, no, he was a double agent, right? Yes. That, that was, was he though? Yes. yes. Yeah, he, he was. was. He was pretting. I don't think they did a good job spelling that out. He was pretending the entire time. That was the point. Ah, and that I didn't was something get that. I actually really liked in the plot was Ienzo and Vexen's you know, their role yeah. in the story. I'd because I liked seeing these people realize that, geez, we did some really fucked up shit, uh, both during the experiments in the heart and our subsequent role in Organization 13 in pursuit of recompleting ourselves. And, you know, they went along with Ans like there's a scene where uh, Yenzo meets up with Ansem the Wise again after God knows how long. By the way, I thought he died. I don't know why he's back again. <laughs> Apparently, according to the Gummy Phone, he didn't die. He was just sent to the realm of darkness. But that was never explained yeah. in Kingdom Hearts 2. 
Uh, but, well, I mean, you know, and like we've always said, uh, the strength of the series is in its emotional moments. And just seeing Ienzo kind of breaking down and crying when he sees yeah. Ansem the Wise again was like a highlight of it. And I just enjoyed seeing a creepy motherfucker like Vexen, who was previously given no redeeming qualities whatsoever, you know, have a heartfelt speech about how he realized that what he did was wrong and he wanted to make up for it. See, and when that was happening, I thought that Vexen was going to betray Ansem. Because it didn't really... I didn't get the vibe that it was established that he was a double agent. Again, like, with me, well, his Well, it, it was set up like a plot twist, to be fair. His atonement just kind of... You weren't really supposed to know. Well, still, I mean, either way, way, like, even, even after I was done playing the game, I was asking, wait, why was Vexen all of a sudden good? And on top of that, again... Like, I get why Vexen picked Demix to help him out, because they have, like, nothing in common, they're not friends or whatever, so they wouldn't expect it. I understood that. But what happened with Demix afterwards? He just, like, he gives Ansem the replica, and he's gone. And that's two members of the organization mm -hmm. that are now gone. You see, these are things that I, as a person, will just never ask or care about, you know? like. And it's not to say that you're wrong for doing that. It's just that me as a person, I usually don't ever really care about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like questions like that are not the things that I usually get hung up on. Well, again, it, like this is supposed to be like the the epic conclusion to the Xehanort saga. You know, it's supposed to like wrap up all the loose ends, wrap up everything with a nice little bow. But there are still a lot of there's a lot of loose ends. I mean, if you want to get into that, I want like. Before I deposit a lot of praise onto what I like about the plot itself and how I like how it concluded everything, it is only fair that I point out that there are a few things that are questionable. <laughs> I, okay, I love this game, alright? I think it did a... 95% good job with what it was trying to do. That said, um, I already brought up that Larxene and Marluxia being there kind of just seems like, like there was a reason, like Xemnas wanted them there for a reason, I get that. But them being there themselves is like, I see through the cracks. Nomura wanted them there <laughs> because he thought it would be cool. But he just, I guess he, he didn't really explain specifically why. And like, I, that's like, again, I don't usually care about this stuff, but there is a line where it's like, you could have at least, like, when it comes to like character motivations is where it gets to me, because that's more character driven where I'm like, that's when I start getting questioning things, not about like, Oh, time travel and like replica bodies and like, cause I follow that stuff pretty easily because he lays it out like, yeah, I mean, you could, you could look at it as like, oh, it's this plot device and it is, but, you know, <laughs> like, I... the fact that replicas exist and that when your heart goes in, it takes the physical form of what you are. Like it is a plot device, but it doesn't really bother me. I, I appreciate the fact that anything from Chain of Memory is to make another Last Jedi comparison, it's like when Luke talks oh about how gosh. the the Jedi Order were in their hubris created allowed Darth Vader to rise. 
essentially. It's kind of, it kind of mean, oh, now, even if that's not necessarily true, it's what he believes. And so now suddenly the prequels have some worth. That sequence of events. It's kind of like how in Chain of Memories, it's like, oh, replicas are just here. There's a Riku replica. Okay. And then now in this game, it's just like, oh, we can actually bring that back. And that can actually create a happy ending for Roxas and Naminé. In, I do. You know. Oh man, can we talk about Roxas and Naminé? No, no, no. Hold on. I want to. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I want to bring up my other small thing. My other small problem. I want to get my problems out of the way, because there's right. one more small problem I have, and then a big problem. Um. So the other small problem is related to Naminé, and it's it's that like she she gets her sure resolution at the end, and there is a cutscene you can trigger that is for some reason optional. I don't know why, because yeah. you can easily miss it, because it like blends in with the water. I don't really know why that. Yeah, it's in the way, last but... world, uh, final world, or whatever it's called. You can talk these little star things, which represent, I guess, the the will of people who have died that are like so resolute that they stay in this place. And one of them yeah. you can talk to is Nominee, and I think the other one is Shion. Not sure. It's not. It's a mobile game character. The other oh, one. Ava. Oh, no. Ava. It's not like teller. confirmed that it's anybody, but what? Uh, my audacity oh. kind of crashed at the one hour mark. Okay, Do you still that... have the audio? Yeah. Okay, we'll just start recording again, and we okay, can just make a third. It. We can stop this, save it, and make a third file, and just sync okay. it up real quick, and then return and go from there. Okay, okay. I'll save this as. Uh... Sorry about that. Okay, Ryan. I take a break to poop quick. Oh my god. <laughs> this is the third time you poop tonight. <laughs> Michael, boy. can I go or should I wait? Just go. Get it over with. Just go. Just go. And drop that deuce. I wonder if Hadox consumed some laxatives. He said that he drank, like, vanilla coffee or something, and he's lactose intolerant, apparently. Uh, oh, well, that'll do it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah? <laughs> that'll do it. But yeah. at the same time, if he knows he's lactose intolerant, then why would he do that? I mean, I, I know a lot of lactose intolerant people who still do it anyway, because they, like, they'll just deal with the consequences because they like dairy products too much. You know, I have a few friends like that. My mom is a vegetarian. And there was this, it was uh, Black Friday of last year. Uh, we, you know, we were going out doing all the shopping and everything like that. We got home at about like six in the morning. Uh, but she decided to get McDonald's breakfast and she gets like the sausage biscuit thing and she starts eating it. And we're like, mom, you're a vegetarian. And she's like, yeah, so what? <laughs> Two, about like 20 minutes later, she's in the bathroom throwing up. <laughs> we're like, why did you do that? <laughs> She's in the bathroom. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> Good times. Oh shit, dude. I'm sorry. It's fine. I'd rather have the time than Nick. Oh man, that sucks. I call my grandfather Jaji. That's a Polak for a grandfather. I call my other. Yeah, I have two grandfathers. My lucky dude. 
Does he know that he's not muted? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we're gonna tell him and he's gonna be like, <laughs> Oh shit, dude. Dang, we're looking fun. What you doing out here with all that ass? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, he, he, he's either torturing us and these or he doesn't know. So apparently he's like this in real life. <laughs> We're gonna have a wine and cheese night. And have chocolate mousse. <laughs> I come back and I just hear cheese night and chocolate mousse. Hopefully. <laughs> what? You know that you know that you weren't muted this whole time. Chocolate mousse. Something about chocolate mousses. Something about your other grandpa being grandpa and being a typical middle class American. <laughs> yeah, he was. Chocolate Moose, is that gonna be the final boss for Sonic Adventure 3? Okay, we need to we need to go, keep going. We gotta do this. Alright, uh, let's power through this. Alright, uh, ready? I'm ready to record. Tell me one. Okay, Michael, so do you need to sync this real quick? Oh yeah, uh, roll call. Michael. Uh, Ryan. Redox. I, me. Okay, uh, so where we left off, we were talking about Ava. Sorry, guys, world. I had an emergency bathroom visit. <laughs> um, so, Hadox, are you actually okay. lactose intolerant, or were you just yanking my chain? <laughs> no, I'm actually lactose intolerant. <laughs> I shouldn't have had ice blended vanilla. <laughs> the bad decision for the day. <laughs> Um, it's it's like that um, fairly odd baby movie, you know, where where Jorgen von Strangel has to keep going out of frame to poop because he ate fireball burritos, and they play that same joke like ten times. You're doing that in real life. I don't like that you said that because it gives me flashbacks to pregnant Cosmo. <laughs> All of my cartoons have God in them. That's my favorite, uh, what's his name? Bill, Billy Hatcher. No, that, that's not Billy Hatcher. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, we can uh, end it there. Yeah. Bill O'Reilly. No. <laughs> that's the guy who's just like, I made your childhood. What's Give his name? Money. Bitch. Butch. Butch. Pinky. What's his name? I'm serious. What's his name? Who are you talking about? What's Majiggy? Butch Hartman. Oh. That's his oh. name. Yeah. Okay, anyways, anyways King back K. to Namine. Okay, back to, okay, back so, to Kingdom Hearts. Back um, to 911. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, here you So, I, basically, there's an optional cutscene. I don't know why it's optional. Um, but at, le at least she gets that. You know, it's a nice cutscene. I like that she saved at the end. I But my complaint, more so, is that they probably could have done more with her. I don't know why they didn't. She seemed kind of yeah. weird. Um, so is that and like Marluxia and Larxene's involvement and that that's mostly where my co like smaller complaints end. 
my chief complaint this game's story okay let's hear it i i like Kyrie. okay oh, oh we're getting into this i like Kyrie, but i don't know if namura likes Kyrie. <laughs> i i just kind of have to come to that conclusion because not only does she not do anything in this game, not only has she never really ever done anything <laughs> in any of the games, like, she, she, okay, Kyrie dies twice <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts 3. Once when everybody dies, and the second time, okay. The second time Kyrie dies is almost insulting. Like it's it's to a degree where it actually as much as I love this game, this one like her the reason for her death and Xehanort says it outright is that he he's just motivating Sora. And that is it's Sora was gonna I don't fight him anyway. Know, I, don't I don't even understand. know where to begin with that. First no. of all, it it makes Kyrie a character who is entirely developed around the idea that Sora is motivated by her existence. And I don't like I don't even want to dive into the implications of that. Where she's like, yeah, I think I need the a reason, would have a field day. <laughs> the entire reason she exists is to propel Sora, and it is disturbing how consistent that is, especially in this game where it was almost, it was almost more directly teased that she would do things, except yeah. she doesn't do anything. She Can is I completely helpless. Sora has to protect her. Kyrie's only arc is that she helps Sora. She has no arc of her own, and then she dies at the end. It is ludicrous. Like, for as well as the rest of the game was handled, in my opinion, it is. It feels so so ludicrously out of touch and bad. Like she was done dirty, and that hurt. That actually hurts me about this game. In. Can, Can I, I actually I want, add something onto that? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, because I was actually, you know, because I, I was looking forward to seeing her potentially do stuff in this game. That's what I thought they were building up for, right? And I also like the moments, you know, if I'm going to be just a little bit more positive about this, where she's interacting with Axel. And there was yeah. that moment, there was that moment where they're sitting down, they're eating ice cream, they're talking, and then for a brief moment, you know, Axel briefly sees Shion. He can't comprehend what that is. He doesn't even know who that is, but it's something that he's been trying to remember. And then he starts breaking down. I thought that was a very touching moment. And honestly, it was really the only part in the game where I actually felt like that kind of emotion that I felt in Kingdom Hearts 2, right? I like how they took time, not necessarily to build plot, but to develop those two characters, right? And this also kind of goes into a larger issue that I have with Kingdom Hearts 3 story, where you got all these characters spanning from 
all the different games. And this is what I... Another reason why it kind of feels like fan fiction for me is that, again, it has everything. Everything comes back. In some way, shape, or form, it comes back, even if it makes no sense, right? Even the mobile but game. Even the, oh, the mobile game. We'll get on that one. But, you know, it's... Kyrie and Axel had significantly more time to develop. But it's not even just an issue with Kyrie. It is. You know, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but I also took a lot of offense to how they also treated how they treated Axel. Because yeah, in Dream Drop, you know, they, they were like, oh hey, yeah, I got a keyblade now. I'm gonna take part in this war. I think that's great. And also in Dream Drop, he's also standing off against all the Xehanorts and everything like that, trying to defend Sora. He had a moment. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But then in his time to shine, he gets snuffed and then he gets replaced with Xion and Roxas. And then Kyrie's out of the picture too. It's like they build up that both of these characters are gonna have something to do, but they end up doing nothing. And again, it's also kind of like the larger picture. You have all of these characters spanning from all of these games, from all of these years. They don't do jack shit. They don't do anything. And that bothers me. Like there's a moment there's one moment where you see Ventus and Roxas, they look at each other, they go, huh, all right. And then that's it. That's it. And it's like, and then at the part where everyone dies and then Sword loses his shit, he starts screaming and crying about this. I didn't feel anything because it all just kind of happened just like that. I felt nothing because again, all these characters in one it place, wasn't but even they clear do nothing that they with had them. Died. Yeah. It's like, it is, it's, it's, that's another thing that bothers me about the story is that it's wasted potential. It's like, just imagine having like, like the Avengers, but like no one ever talks to each other. That's not why those it's movies work. The movies work. Uh, hmm? I mean, I complained about, uh, I mean, I, th I thought Infinity War was fine and Dan mm -hmm. really liked it. I uh, love Infinity War. Okay. So it's kind of like this again. Uh, I can't remember what Ryan thinks of Infinity War. It's pretty good. Uh, but my problem with it is that they were trying to cram in everything. And that's kind of a problem with this game, too. But if I can give Infinity War credit, that compared to Kingdom Hearts 3, I feel like I have nothing to complain about. Well, yeah, because okay, in Infinity hold on War... One second. I want to hmm? respond to that because, you know... I guess I will concede that for a lot of these characters, they didn't get their moment to shine. And that's really unfortunate. Like, this isn't my thought. I actually want to credit somebody because I complained about this. I, I tweeted a reply. Uh, it, his at is TMS Stonex. This, this is his thought. I, I basically said what Ryan said and King K said. I feel like they gutted Axel and Kyrie, And uh, this dude was like... They should have been Kingdom Hearts' 3's tutorial since they've been training. And I think that's a really good idea. We'll, like, we'll get to you know, that. <laughs> well, I, yeah, honestly, I think, I, I, do the way say, the to, I think the way how the game should open Kyrie, was with a fragmentary passage. But what? That was a tech demo. Yeah, I mean, okay, whatever. I don't really care about fragmentary <laughs> passage. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. It's just like, I, I'm agreeing with you. We're giving more stuff to do. I'm okay, Ryan. You're saying okay, Haddocks. all right. For fuck's sake, <laughs> listen, mate. Listen, listen, mate. All right, listen. Um, it, when they're training, that's when you should have learned like a lot of the mechanics. I would have loved to play as Kyrie. I would have loved to play as Axel. You know, it, it's just like 
I really wanted moments where her and Sora interact, her and Kai, her and Axel interact more because that was such a powerful scene where Axel breaks down. And like, mm -hmm. okay, so Kyrie shows up at the end with Sora. Why don't they have a conversation? Why don't they talk to each they other? They do though. But they don't meaningfully. You know what I mean? Like, have that moment. No, they well, love each other. Here's, here's my problem. And you okay, guys... well, let me let me finish this thought. Let me finish this thought for a second, because it's I think it's a good thought, Michael. All right? Can you validate me? I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> it's just like you know, Sora loves Kyrie, and and they have this love dynamic. I want him to end up with Riku so bad, so him, Mickey, and Riku can have a little threesome. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> he loves Kyrie, and you know. Kinsley thought that joke was funny. <laughs> um, he loves Kyrie, and why don't they have a conversation when they reunite? Why don't they like have a heart to heart? Cause Sora, Donald, and Goofy have heart to hearts, and it's fantastic. They that moment at the end where Yen Sid comes down, which is fucking incredible, by the way. But Sora, I mean Donald and Goofy stay behind, and they've been bantering with Sora, sort of like laughing and. But like being a little, you know, poking at him. But then at that moment they say, "You're a whole pint," and my heart melted. My heart fucking melted because I was like, mm. "Shit!" They, th that was like that's that's Sora's moment to shine. And if Kyrie is so important that it motivates Sora, and that's why Xehanort kills her, then why wasn't there a heart to heart like that with Kyrie? You know, I and here's something else too. Okay, because it, Kyrie comes back, right? She comes back at the very end. And the game, before, like, the final cinematic plays, Sora's saying, like, oh, uh, I have to go, b I have to get Kyrie back. Okay, it's great. And at the end, we see Kyrie. But we don't see Sora, or we, we do, but he fades out. But the issue that I have is that we, again, it's just like there's something missing there. We don't see how Kyrie got back. And again, you may say it's not important, but this is someone who dies and then all of a sudden is back. How? Well, isn't God. it just a mirage? Like Kyrie's not actually there? No, no, Kyrie is actually there. Sora is Kyrie's not. Kyrie's alive? Yes. What? See, the fact, you that sure? you, yeah. the fact that you didn't know that for sure, Hadox, says something. Okay, but I thought it was like a mirage that no. she was there. Sora was the mirage. Kyrie was not. So Kyrie, how? Wait, 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 hold on! Wait, wait, wait. It's wait. implied. Okay. I know. Okay, I need the some idea is that when Sora goes, like, there's a lot of foreshadowing for this. Young Xehanort's like, if you use the power of waking too much, then it's gonna destroy you. Yeah. And he even he says that in his dying breath. Yeah, yeah. Which I yeah. actually really like because it, it kind of makes sense that young Xehanort's still gonna be a huge dickbag when he goes back to being Xehanort. Um, yeah. So I, I like what when he dies, he's just like... Have to say. <laughs> I love when when he's dying, he's just like, yeah, fuck you guys. Sorry, you're gonna die. And then he just leaves. That was very amusing. Yeah. Um, Except Sora doesn't die. But what basically... What they're implying, especially when at the very end, when Mickey's like, Mickey also is like, don't do that, because that's dangerous, but Riku's like, nah, let him do it. Let him do it, fam. Um, then I get to be alone and share the path with so Kyrie. It's like, Sora's on his mission to save Kyrie, and what, what the ending scene is saying is that Sora did that, but of, like, what was spoken of, the consequences of that, 
is that he's not there anymore. And we don't know what that means. And you yeah. can take issue with that. I know what that means. But it means Kingdom Hearts 4. And that's exactly why it's set up. It's the the reason why the, the well, game no, ended no, no, the way no. how what, it that's did literally was for what setup. I was saying is that it, that is what it is. Yeah. And so I it's don't not really think, much of a conclusion. I do not think that's a problem because I think in a sense it's also poetic because I mean, say what you will about my own readings of Sora's characters through his Disney journey, but I think it was made pretty blatant that Sora's on this journey to save everybody connected to him, but in the process, he loses himself. Yeah, I, I got that. I just wanted clarification, because I... My interpretation of the ending was that, you know... But, but now that you said that, that makes sense. I, I feel like I just... I, I've had, an, like, some brain malfunction... Or whatever. And I do not think. Here's the thing. The stuff that they bait for a sequel. First of all, nobody had ever said that Kingdom Hearts would be over with three. Namura said countless times it's the end of a saga. Yes. And everything relevant to that saga, to be fair, was wrapped up in one way or another. No. What well, wasn't wrapped up? Everything from the fucking movie, the Union Cross movie. No, but that that wasn't. What do you? This <sighs> clearly not incorporating itself that, into yeah. the Dark Seeker saga. It kind of was. It I mean, kind of was. Yeah, not really. Let me let like, me let, let me ask you something. Hey, what's in the box? It doesn't matter what's in the box. What's in the box? But what's in the box is not relevant to that storyline. It's it's it, just you know, like but it was but, brought but you up don't know what's in the box, times. so you can't say it is. It was brought up several times in Kingdom Hearts three, and even on the box itself. Which listen, okay, it's going to sound a bit of a stretch, but there is a reason why the box looks the way how it does. How there's a fucking Roman numeral three on the box with the heart shape right underneath it. That's, you know, Nomura is infamous for its attention to detail and how like everything means something. That box meant something, right? And it also just, it, it bothers me again, because this is something that has been, it's been set up since the beginning of this game. Also, when we, uh, when Maleficent and Pete are trying to, they're digging around in the Olympus trying to find a black box, but we know that the box that they find in there, from Noah's box, is not the box they're looking for. It's just, there's like this wild goose chase that's going on. You know, it's setting up questions, but it's not paying them off. Return of the Jedi doesn't end with the cliffhanger. And Return of the Jedi does. Does. Game does this. Yes, it does. That's a lie. How? It does end what's with the, the cliffhanger? cliffhanger? Because Return of the Jedi? Where, what, what are Luke, what's, it leaves questions. What are Luke, what, what's Luke going to do? He's what, staring what? off. He's clearly broken and upset with the passing of, you know, he had to kill his father, essentially. He um, didn't kill his father. Well, in a roundabout way, whatever. His father sacrificed himself yeah. for him. And then, like, what's going to happen to these characters? You know, like, it, it's... But the, That's the, not the a thing, thing, Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. It's like a Marvel movie. You know, like, what are... Where, it, it's the same question of, like, where are the Infinity Stones? It, it, it's not really relevant until Infinity War, you know? But this is something that was brought up from the beginning. This was something that was brought like up. Like Thanos. Like Thanos. You're making like the argument that Thanos is not in all of the Marvel movies as okay, a major antagonist. Okay, but Thanos most of the time 
was used as a post-credit scene, something to tease the next movie like or the next. Yeah, the box, it's something to tease the, the next movie. This isn't a tease. This the is a straight-up plot point. The box is a plot point in a game that is still ongoing. Right. Exactly. In a that, okay, it's, it's in a game that's that, that's key, okay. Hang on. No, it's it's. You're right, King K. It's in a it's in a plot that keeps on going, but it's in the final chapter of what's supposed to be the conclusion. Okay, but what about um, the conclusion of a saga? Yes, the, saga so, the box is not related to. So are you saying then why you don't get here? a satisfying conclusion after Avengers: Age of Ultron or Thor: Ragnarok? Like, you still have Thanos picking up the glove and saying, "Now it's my turn," or whatever the fuck he says. Like, that's setting up something. It's a tease. Thor has a vision of the Infinity Gauntlet and all the Infinity Stones. That's his like major thing, but that doesn't detract from it enough. It's it's a okay. Tease. I think it's the problem is that, that we are opposed on the fact that. So Ryan, you're saying that Kingdom Hearts three is just not allowed to tease anything. I'm not saying that it's not allowed to tease anything. I'm saying what it is doing, it is setting up questions, but it's not delivering on them. But that's there, a tease. There, there, that that's is not a tease. tease. The black box is not a tease. When this is something that keeps on coming up, prevalently. You just said it's a tease. The black box is not a tease. <laughs> it is okay to not be okay with that, but I just want to be clear. That's what you're saying. No, I'm not saying that. Because this I'm was... really confused right now. How are you? I don't. The black box is a plot point in Kingdom Hearts three. Right. Characters are looking around for this box, okay? Not in a post-credit scene. In the actual story, they are looking for a box. Pete and and whatever her name is, uh, M Maleficent, they are looking for this black box, and it and comes Luke on Sword. time and time and time and time again. Luke Sword was looking for it in Pirates. Yes. So we are watching this We are watching these characters go on this wild goose chase, and it ends up going nowhere. That is my it, problem. It is at the well, end. It it ends. No, on it a is tease. not. Well, it ends okay, on a tease. The ending, yes, the ending, the ending is that Lu finds the tease. box first. But that doesn't mean that the rest of it is not a tease. Because the ending makes all of it a tease. If the epilogue didn't happen, then yeah, you'd have a point. But the epilogue did happen. We can't pretend that it didn't. But I'm not pretending also, that it didn't. I laughed it shows so hard at the epilogue. It shows that Maleficent and Pete it. have lost the chase for the black box, which is the point. It's like, oh shit, the master right. of masters I... found it first. That That's like, <sighs> it, it has a payoff. I don't know. Like, There's it no has payoff. A payoff. Yes, it is. The master of masters has the black box. No, he doesn't. Yes, he, he literally Lucio has it. That's the master of masters. Is I mean, it? Technically, technically Zigbar the was the master of masters the whole time. But Lu no, it's Lushu. He was Lushu. They say yeah, in Lushu, the cutscene that he's Lushu. Lushu is the one that has the box at the end. Yes. Okay, so... Wait, okay, I wait, thought the on. Master Masters was Lushu. No. No. I never saw okay, a back but... cover because I didn't care. So oh, there Lushu. you go! Okay, replace what I said with Lushu, essentially. And it's the same point. Which is the stupidest name ever, by the way. Okay. And, and I, I did something. like the reveal. I did like the reveal that Zigbar was Lucian. I thought it was the funniest fucking thing ever. It was kind of funny, but so I laughed so hard. It was kind of neat how it's like, oh, he needs the eye because he doesn't have an eye. Ha ha ha! You know. Well, it doesn't even make sense because it's established that the master of masters and Lucian are supposed to be two different people. Right. But uh, but, but at the, the same way. time, Zigbar acts more like the master of masters, but he's Lucian. 
Where are we getting master? Master masters did not show up at all. I don't know where the fuck anybody is I getting act, this. I misspoke. I misspoke. That's my bad. All right. Well, I was forgetting see, his. I'm it's, actually it's gonna have to. I'm tired also. So my apologies if I get I, stuff wrong. Okay, I, I want to say keep a going, couple. But I'm I'm just a little. I want to say a couple things because I've been trying to get this in since we started talking about Kyrie. Uh, all legitimate points about Kyrie. Uh, but I personally, that wasn't something I minded too much. I kind of expected that with like 20 characters fighting at the same time, that not all of them were going to get the screen time they deserved. Uh, but certainly, King K, now that you mention it, they have kind of been doing the same not good thing with Kyrie since the first game. But on the topic of the first game, there is a scene in this game where Kyrie and Sora finally share a Paupu fruit. Which is yeah, something that. that they had been teasing since the first fucking game. Kyrie does nothing of consequence in Kingdom Hearts 2 besides getting kidnapped by Axel and then grabbing a keyblade towards the end and then help facing Xemnas with the rest of them, but then she doesn't do anything. And then this game, yeah, there was an expectation that she would actually do something for once, and then that wasn't fulfilled. But I guess my problem is, as charming as Sora and Kairi's romance was in the first game, they have not done anything with it since. And the fact that they are going to have the scene now, when these two characters have barely talked to each other, and like so many games, it's like I actually did squee when she when she uh, shared the fruit with them. So I was like, oh, no, oh. I did definitely. I, yeah. yeah, I like that <laughs> so scene. It's, it's not like it wasn't a scene I wanted to see or anything. I totally wanted well, to see it. That scene completed my childhood. Is what that did. <laughs> but my problem with it is that these two characters have had like nothing between them since the first game. So the fact that suddenly they're coming, Nomura's coming back and saying, oh no, I want them to have romance again. It's just like, we couldn't have had more buildup for this over the game? Like, why couldn't Kairi have been calling Sora on the gummy phone and saying, be careful? Why couldn't we have had more scenes? It just comes out of nowhere, like, all of a sudden, I think like... a lot of it is that I considered 3 a chapter, you know? Because, like, it is, it's fine to think about it in the sense that it's its own thing. But also, when I think about Kingdom Hearts, I think of this grand story saga that has just wrapped up. So when I think of, like, character development or things that happen, I think of it in context with a larger narrative. Because I, I take them all, like, I take them all as one kind of experience that's been building up for a long time, in the same way that you'd read a manga, maybe. So, I I have bought into the Sora Kairi relationship because there was a sufficient enough buildup in the first game, and the fact that they were separated for so long was mostly due to circumstances out of their control. I think the same thing of the Birth by Sleep trio. I think the same thing of the Days trio. And that is why pretty much every, like, every character except for maybe Kairi and Naminé maybe, 
I think had a sufficient conclusion, everything that I've ever wanted, because the build-up for their characters happened elsewhere, and this was the game where I wanted them to all be happy and be friends and conclude the bad things that happened to them. So that's what I went into it thinking, and I got happiness out of that. And that's what I thought the game was always attempting to be. It was the closing chapter, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and to be clear, I I think Ryan is, is still BRBing somewhere, but No, I'm 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 okay. I'm here. Yeah. I I, can't I, really, I don't really agree with Ryan on uh for all my problems with the story in this game, I Leaving plot threads for Kingdom Hearts 4 is not really one of them. I I've, don't think... I don't think leaving plot threads is an issue. It's the way how it's handled. The way how they wrap up like, everything by Kingdom Hearts... No, the way how they wrap up the Xehanort Saga is by asking more questions that leads up to the next game. And that's the way that they wrap up the Xehanort Saga is by Xehanort dying and all of the characters from the previous games getting happy ending, except for Kyrie and Sora. Except for Kyrie and Sora. But like, I, she okay, comes I... back for some reason, and okay, Roxas gets on, his own body, and now he can hang out with Axel. And they're yeah, happy. Which is great! I don't I, think I that's great. The Birth by Sleep like trio has a happy ending. Terra gets his body back. Uh, Ventus is awake now. Aqua isn't stuck in dark hell anymore. You know, stuff like that. There was resolution at the end of this saga for plot points. I did not feel like the way that you and Jeb made it sound, Ryan, was that like Zaynort was still alive and out doing shit after this. If that had happened, then it would not be a conclusion. But that's not what it was. I don't see leaving room for a sequel as being not conclusive enough. It's just the way how they did it. You know what? I, Honestly, if they didn't bring up the black box at all, if Pete and, and Maleficent weren't in this game looking for a black box, if that thing wasn't even addressed, I would be fine with that. If the Lucia reports that you get in the game didn't suggest that the mobile game is going to be extremely important for the next saga, that would have been fine. If the Union Cross movie wasn't just set up for Kingdom Hearts 4 or whatever the next saga is going to be, I think that would have been fine. If they had some resolution in Kingdom Hearts 3, that would have been fine. But it doesn't. But it, it doesn't have to. Why does it have to? Because it's supposed to tie up all the fucking loose ends. Well, who says it's supposed point, to? You want to know the point of back cover in the mobile game? It's and the reason why it's in the collections is because you technically have to watch it to understand the epilogue. There was, like, it's not like... You have to have watched it to understand what the black box is. So that when the epilogue happens, you're not, like... They have a sufficient enough build-up to be like, oh, these are the foretellers, we've had a movie about them. And that's what we're going into next. And, the foretellers and do not necessarily have to appear in the Dark Seeker saga. I, I just don't understand why that's a problem. I, I really don't. It's... I don't, you it's can just, remove, again, it's but you can remove the P and Maleficent stuff. You well, that's what just, Ryan is saying. But even Why then, is it in it, there if it adds nothing to the actual story that's being like told? You, it, you complained about, like, where are all these other characters? This, this is what Maleficent and Pete are doing. It, it just shows them doing stuff. 
Yeah, but they're addressing it, something it, that has it, nothing to do with the main plot. So what? So it's still their character. It's they're, wasting they're time. For the black box. What does it matter what they're doing? Because it's it, wasting my time. It's asking more okay. questions that I don't want to be, be asking. Wasting time. If the Final Fantasy characters who had resolved arcs came back, then yeah, there Ooh. you go, <laughs> stumped you. You know, I can't argue against that, and I'm not going to. Okay, <laughs> but I'm I'm just saying it would. Even then, I think that's a false equivalency again because like stop. They're acting like as if the black box. I don't necessarily because I think Maleficent and Pete are important to the series. They I are important too. to the series. Yes, but they are acting like as if this black box is important to the story. Having Final Fantasy characters come back just to say, hey man, go get them, that adds development. This doesn't. What? But the. What's the difference? What? Is it, it's just a bunch of people saying, go get them, Tiger. Yeah, is that more satisfying? I mean, I What's wrong with that? Having that established characters for the finale go, going, yeah, go get him, Tiger. Well, well, yeah, exactly, I'm not going to set up more plot Ryan, points. Ryan, I'm just cheering exactly. you on. What is wrong with that? But also, what's wrong with Maleficent and Pete being there doing their own thing? Because, again, I just, I don't know. I don't uh, know. I, 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 I'm this. trying. This is, this is not going anywhere. I want to talk about Roxas. Oh, and how he just kind of <laughs> comes out of nowhere? Okay, Brian, hold that thought. Hold, the, hold your piece for just a moment. I want to describe why that moment was so powerful and i know king k i feel like you're on the same page and you know where i'm going with this yeah so i dropped my phone sorry to myself so axel you're fighting Syx and you're fighting Zemnis, and Zemnis is hold doing his darth vader thing with his laser sword and he's like i'm gonna kill you blah 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 you betrayed I'm me i'm going to kill you it's literally out of star wars but then roxas comes down uh, and and I don't even care. I don't care about the logic. I don't care if he's a replica. I do not give a shit. But Roxas is back. Xion is back. And they're fucking going to kill Xemnas and Saix. And then you hear Vector to the Heavens mixed. Oh my gosh. What a fucking good song. Holy fuck. Oh my gosh. I cannot describe. I, I was... On the verge of tears, I paused the game and I listened to that track. I was so happy. It came out of nowhere and that song, it is mixed perfectly. It's the Twilight Trio, all of their tracks mixing in and out. It's so wonderfully composed. Oh my fucking gosh. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, that's the one thing I wanted to do is that the mixing of the music. The fact that there, the fact that I was a little bit concerned at first that I thought there'd be more original tracks than there actually are. But then I realized, like, if this game is supposed to resolve a bunch of character arcs, you might as well bring back the songs that are relevant to their characters. Right. And mix them together and change the, like... One thing that's noteworthy about Vector to the Heavens in that song is that Vector to the Heavens is a somber song for a fight that you don't want to have. And it's thematically appropriate for 358. Or you don't want to fight Xion, but you have to do it anyway. And that's when Vector to the Heavens plays, and it's sad. When it's mixed together with the other with Sora's theme and the other promise, and I think Axel's. even Xion's theme Xion, is in there. It's Xion's, Xion's theme is also in Vector to the Heavens, kind of, but Yeah. It's um, Axel's it's Axel's um Vector to the Heavens and the Other Promise. Well, Sora's theme is in there a little bit. 
But what I'm saying is that Vector of the Heavens is noticeably more triumphant yeah. than it ever was. And that's because the moment's triumphant. Yeah. Like, all the characters that initially had an unsatisfying end that literally ended in a tragedy has finally come full circle here and been like, okay, these characters that did not deserve at all what they got finally get happiness. And that moment that's been building since Kingdom Hearts 2, since I was like seven years old, I think, where Roxas was... First time Roxas ever appeared. First time I was ever aware of Roxas' character. The build-up between, like, all these games talking about how he, he will, like, eventually, he deserves to be his own person. Like, it was an act of happenstance that he became a person. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't deserve to be a person. And when he comes back, and he's, like, they finally get the retribution that these people who deserve to be people that <laughs> are together, they deserve to be people, and they're finally here. Roxas is here, and... To say that I like, I just lost my shit when he appeared. Yeah. Like, I tears streamed really? down my face. <laughs> I admit to all of that. Like, seriously, he came in, and I'm like, this is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. When they, when they, after that fight, when they're, when Axel cracks that line about how they should have gotten ice cream, and they all break down and hug. That is exactly what I was looking for. There's nothing more that needs to be said. The act of reunion is so powerful in itself based on what they've gone through that it is such a powerful moment. The same thing happens with Terra Aqua and Ventus, and I'm not even that attached to them as I am to the other trio, but it still happened, the act of reunion. Because they've been through so much that they did not necessarily deserve. And it had such an unsatisfying ring to it until we knew that it would finally, they would finally see their happiness. And that's why my favorite scene in the game, my absolute favorite scene in the game, one of my favorite scenes in the series, is at the end when all of those characters are on Destiny Islands, and they're all friends, and they're all playing. Ventus is playing with Donald, they're making like weird sand snowmen. They're all friends, they get their happiness. You see Zashion and Namine on the beach in the fucking sea. They're playing around. Hater pens in a letter there, Sykes is, Issa, I guess, is good now. And they all get their happiness. That is what I've been waiting years for. Yes, yes. You know? Yes, I, I, I cannot disagree. agree more, King K, because like, I strongly I, disagree. I don't give a fuck about like, I, I, like the the come, the how it comes together, when, when everything like, when it just came together, it was the moment of like, you know, you hear Vector to the heavens, you hear the Terranor battle theme, you, you, on darkness Aqua, and like. She comes out of the light, and she's sitting on Destiny Islands, and everyone's like, Oh my god, you're that here, moment where she home. cries because she thinks she's still in the realm of darkness because yeah. she's been in there for so long. And it's like, I, 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 was, I was so happy. And when Ventus comes to save Aqua, because Aqua's trying to save Ventus all this time, and it, it, it's a reversal of what happened in Birth by Sleep, and it's so good because Ventus is finally powerful enough to fucking just stop Vanitas, and like... You just, you have such powerful moments of, like, these characters who who have been through hell, and, like, 
They're getting their redemption arc. Uh, not redemption arc. They're getting just a complete happy ending. And I, I was just happy. I was happy watching them come together. I was so... I was I was just so happy. I, like, <laughs> that scene... That scene where they lay their friendship tokens on Ericus's grave. On mm. his Keyblade. She sets down the Keyblade in the Land of Departure. And they put that on Ericus's Keyblade. It's like... It's such a powerful scene. And then when, you know... All of Reynard and the crew and Roxas and everyone is on the Twilight Town <laughs> Tower. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fucking whatever, sue me. But like, you have these moments of deep character connections. And that's where the game really shines. And I don't I disagree. give a fuck. I, uh, why? I strongly why? Why disagree. Do you disagree? Why? I, I say, and the reason why I say that... Well, you know, can I just talk about why I like Kingdom Hearts 2 specifically? And why... Because I, I, before, like, when we were getting everything planned, we were talking about, like, our early impressions and everything like that. I said that I like the story of Kingdom Hearts 2 more than Kingdom Hearts 3. And I know Exo had, like, he raised an eyebrow at that. And the reason <laughs> why I say that is because it has, you know, a questionable hook at the very beginning with Roxas. People weren't expecting it. People never saw it coming. And at the time, people didn't like it. People seem to warm up on... People seem to have warmed up to it now. But for me, I, I've always found it interesting. I wanted to know who this character was, where where I was, and I just wanted to know what exactly was going on. And I found that interesting. And in the span of that two hours, I think it did a good job of establishing a good relationship between Axel and Roxas. Like, you don't know anything about Roxas, but when, the, when his time finally comes and he has to be a part of Sora, and like when he says, oh, it looks like my summer vacation's over, I don't know about y'all, but I had like a really strong emotional reaction to that. Oh like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I started choking up a little bit. I mean, fuck yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I, I thought I, agree. The, I thought the way how that was handled was not only tragic, but it was beautifully done for the time. It was great, right? I felt something very strong, and you know, it, it, it kind of like backs it up with three, five, eight days over two. Like it goes more into like Roxas' character and everything like that, and the tragedies that, that he dealt with in the organization. He didn't get his happy ending. Or did he? Because he was able to live his life through Sora. And I thought that was great. And it was the same with Namine. She got to live her life through Kairi. And again, I thought that was beautiful. And then and that, that shot at the end of the game where, you know, you see Kairi and Sora, they're reunited on the Destiny Islands. And then you briefly see Roxas and then you briefly see Namine. And I'm like, that's what, that's all you need. That is all you need. And then the game ends with like Sora passing the Papu fruit back to Kairi. Like, that is what you fucking need. That is all you need. Like, you know, you guys got that happy ending where, like, everyone's on the beach. They're all happy and doing whatever. You know, that's good. I'm glad you got the ending that you guys wanted. But for me, it's like, there was, so, like, there was some sort of, like, weight to that ending. It's like, yes, this is it. And that's also another reason why I like Kingdom Hearts 2 stories. That, like, you could have, you could play Kingdom Hearts 1, Chain of Memories, and then 2. And then be done. Right? You don't need Birth by Sleep. You don't need Dream Drop Distance or Recoded or even three. It's like those three games tell a good good enough story on its own. It has a satisfying beginning, middle, and end. I'm not asking questions. It does, there's no like loose ends or anything like that. That feels like a proper conclusion. And that's also what I'm saying with, with why I wasn't really satisfied with Kingdom Hearts 3. Because again, with the stuff with the black box, with the wild card that, that uh, the... 
one guy gives you uh, when you're fighting, uh, whatever his name is, even the organization itself. The reason why the organization 13, I found anyways, the reason why I thought they were interesting is because they were all new characters. And in this, even Larkseen says it, it's like it's an organization rehash. It's just people that we've seen before, people who we fought before. So it's not really, we know who they are. We know what they can do. And even then they feel like weaker versions of themselves. It's no, just, I understand you much better after that. That's like, what I, I understand much better where you're coming from now. That's what I've been trying to say. Kingdom Hearts 2 didn't really have any loose ends. It, Kingdom Hearts 2 doesn't exist to set up other games. Kingdom Hearts 2 feels like a proper conclusion. And the epilogue for that, that is a tease. When they're looking at the, the letter with the Mickey Mouse insignia, that is a tease. Setting up this black box is not a tease. That is setting up for the next game or for the next saga. That is what I'm trying to get across. But it, it's, it, you That's also why I have think that Kingdom Hearts consider... 2 overall is a much better game than 3. Like, it, I, I, you know, I, I've learned why you guys like the game so much. And I, I, you know, I'm not trying to take that away from you. I'm not trying to say that you're wrong. But it just, it doesn't really change the way how I view 2. 2 Whoa. was like as perfect as it got. And I'm, I'm even uh... just talking about base 2. <laughs> I'm talking about base 2 even. Like, in terms of like, the way how it's structured its story. And even then, <laughs> oh, even then, like there's even a moment where you get to fight alongside the people uh, from Radiant Garden. You get to fight with Cloud and Squall and Yuffie and Tifa. You, you can fight against the the organization members with uh, like the, uh, the other Keyblade members, but it's not as impactful because they don't really do a whole, like a whole heck of a lot before that. It wasn't really established. Like, it felt like as if the characters in 2 were there for a reason, and but, with 3, it just feels like as if they're there just so they could be at the end of the game. But also, you know, when you fight those characters with the Final Fantasy characters, you know, they're only there for a portion of the game. Like, a very small fraction. They're not in the Disney worlds. They're just in Hollow Bastion. Or in this. Or in the one, Disney world. One, one character. And on top of that, you also have get any relation to Hollow Bastion. But on top of that, you also get to fight against them in the Coliseum. But that's that's like side content. Yeah, it's but like, what, my, my, what I'm also trying to say is that those Final Fantasy characters felt as if they had more presence and more of an impact on the on that game's plot than Ventus or Terra. I they felt like plot points, not actual people in a story. Well, okay, hold on. Wait, pause that thought. What are they supposed to be? Not plot points? You, you uh, just... they're, supposed, they're supposed to be characters. Characters are plot points. The, like... Hey, Dox? Characters are plot points. Yeah, but they don't do anything in the plot. Y yes, they do. They, 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 they have... <laughs> they do, Kyrie and Axel don't! Okay, well... I, mean, we'll that, I agree that... with that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Aqua said... I mean, Aqua wakes up uh, Ventus. But I'm, I'm talking about, like... I don't know. Uh, but I do want to say, Ryan... I am trying to make you hate Kingdom Hearts 2. I'm trying to make you, you know, <laughs> just reject all of your feelings for that game. Seriously. <laughs> I want you to fucking love Kingdom Hearts 3. I want you to, to conform <laughs> to what I say. Because I am a gamer critic, and you are but a humble gamer critic. Like I me. can... I, I really do understand you, Ryan. Like, I do understand. A spiritual I, level. Because, I, um... I get it. I've always kind of seen... I've always kind of looked at Kingdom Hearts... The fact that happy endings are kind of given, and I've always seen it that way because Kingdom Hearts has a very, like, 
the message is very cliche, lighthearted, friendship, power stuff, shonen-y mm. stuff. And so it... The idea that they all come back, that was kind of the end goal that you want because they are put through emotional torment. And I think this is looked over a lot because I do understand what you're saying. Maybe, probably not to me, but I can understand that to a lot of people that if, if Axel had stayed dead and like if Roxas and Nominee had their end at two, like I get it. Like people probably find a catharsis in that. But for me, the idea that these characters go through a tragedy based on like how happy-go-lucky Sora is as a main character and how the themes of the game kind of work, I don't like the idea that you set up tragedies that happen to people that I don't think deserve them and them arriving at undeserved fates in a series that is really not supposed to like, I don't think it was ever intended to like have a super dark ending, like where these characters just reach unsatisfying ends. I've always thought of it as a journey, like to this end point when they finally, the catharsis is that all the shit that's been slung their way because it's like, because it's that kind of a series, they finally, through the emotional torment that they definitely went through and it affected them, they finally get their happiness. And I think that's a kind of catharsis that I don't get in most other types of media. I mean, I get it. And I, I, I especially get it with the Birth by Sleep trio. But again, it just, with, I guess, the Days trio, it makes the events in two feel not nearly as impactful anymore because now we know that they're going to be okay in the end. And even then, it's like, I thought, like... Like, when Axel sacrificed himself, he made peace with that. I don't think that's very dark. I think that's kind of, you know, it's kind of nice that he's made he's made peace with his sacrifice. Roxas made peace with it. Namine made peace with it. If I would say if it's dark, if they weren't ready to go. But they were. They found acceptance in that. Mm. And, like, I, I don't, don't think it's, like... I they deserved it. Like, just because they make peace with it. I don't know, like... I can't say with a straight face that they... That that's the kind, like, that that kind of end for them would have ever left me entirely satisfied just because they accepted it. Well, it's like they, they may not have deserved it, but at the same time, it's like... How do I Isn't phrase it? the whole point of Days, like, from what I understood from your video, King K, which did have a very interesting take on the game... In the, the connection between story and gameplay, I still never want to play it as long as I live. But you know, it was it was food for thought at least. It was interesting, but it seemed to me that the whole point of why you liked it was because it was tragic. So how does Shion yeah. coming back out of nowhere with no explanation? How is that supposed to be satisfying? Can I also put a pin to like? Can I also add on to that EXO? Because you know in. Haydox was saying that, like, Roxas came out of nowhere and that was, like, really powerful for you guys. Great! It wasn't really powerful for me because, again, it 
comes out of nowhere. Well, they Shion did, comes out they of did show I, they did show Demix dropping off a replica for Ans- Ansem the Wise to put his heart in. What? But, but they I did was not show, I was under the impression that was for Namine. They did not show. Um, they did not show any part where Roxas's heart was removed from Sora's heart or Sora's body or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's they didn't. They still it, didn't explain it. It's set up I, and payoff. And well, this game doesn't really have a lot of that. I, you could I argue that like things payoff. are set up from the it previous games, but in this game, there's a lot. Of, uh, there's a lot of stuff that comes out of nowhere and just it comes and goes. But and here, it's all set the problem. Up. I here's the problem. And as much as I did appreciate the ending sequence where everybody's on Destiny Islands and stuff like that, it did make me feel like this game had an ending in a way that I really don't agree with Ryan on. I kind of understand what he's talking about, but at the same time, as much as 2 has moved up in the world in terms of story for me, it's still a mess. And I'm still, oh, yeah. I, it's like, it's, it's to me is like, I'd have to really think about which plot I hate more. Honestly, um, I'm. I guess I like two more. I'll just arbitrarily decide that. But it's. It. I don't care about the birth by sleep trio because all three of them are dumb, and Aqua had no character. <laughs> Ventus wanders around the oh game boy. doing nothing of consequence, and then he dies. Terra runs around doing s- stupid things because he is not very smart, and then loses his body. And then Aqua loses herself to the darkness trying to save him in a scene that is really rushed and is not really communicated well. And it's just like, it's great that they all have happy endings, but I never cared about any of them because the game that they came from, they were all idiots. And I didn't like them very much. Oh boy. And it's like, I'm never going to play it 358 days over two. So I didn't care about Shion. I didn't care about... I mean, I guess I care about Roxas, but only because I've been forced to follow him for so long through 2. <laughs> but then again, it's just like, why was Roxas even into to begin with when it just seemed like a subplot that had little relevance? Okay, no, 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 no. I gotta stop you there. I gotta stop you there because you're wrong. You're so wrong. Because well, I never Roxas even got isn't... to... I never even got to respond to the claim that has been made about my video. I... I can I just say something? Exo... The point of Roxas in 2 is clear. It is crystal clear. Here's the thing Zemnis about Kingdom Hearts is used, 2. Listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. Stop speaking oh over me. I will stop speaking over you. We'll have a mutual agreement. Listen. The point of Roxas in 2 is to show that nobodies can develop emotions. And it's a powerful vignette of Roxas learning that he isn't important he is used to kickstart the actual hero of the story, but he still feels things, he still has memories, he is a person. And Xemnas, who is the leader of a bunch of nobodies, is manipulating them to believe that they don't have emotions and therefore have to follow him. Whereas it's very clear that Roxas does. It's a depressing, short vignette. That is powerful, oh, and it great. has a point. Uh, but so, I could not care less. Okay, I, 
Then what the fuck even no, does that nothing, mean? Why don't you care? You could that remove Roxas entirely from Kingdom Hearts 2 and nothing of value would be lost. You could remove the uh, sword no. part. Holy no. shit. I just no. We wouldn't have a no, two no. opening sequence that I didn't care about. We wouldn't have a terrible boss fight that erected a giant difficulty barrier in the middle no, of the story. No, no, no. We oh, wouldn't have a bunch of confusing can I, can I respond to Kingdom before Hearts you go and I'll let you go? Distance. Please, please. Because I didn't even get to respond. I just want to say that I never said that tragedies are not welcome in Kingdom Hearts. It's a journey to get to the end. Okay, you can go. It, it's just I don't I don't care about Roxas. But that's what not do even you care really about, a problem. I, here's don't the you, thing about Kingdom don't Hearts. Don't you like too. Sonic Unleashed? The fuck? No, I don't actually. <laughs> but here's what I'm talking about. Michael, what's a game story you like? The Give me a the game story. With, the just problem me, with just, Kingdom Hearts 2 is that no matter piece. how many hey, no, times you said you I wouldn't talk it. over, you, you say you wouldn't talk over Michael, but you're talking over Michael. The problem with Kingdom Ryan, Hearts 2, as much as the game has moved up for me since I first handsome. played it, is that every no matter how many times I play it, I always forget 90% of what happens in it. Because it is mm. a game that is so f intent on trying to confuse you and withholding information on you until the very end that it's just a bunch of twists and turns that is not with a bunch of emotional moments sprinkled in to keep you going and if it weren't for those moments it would be much worse but the reason but why I still think Kingdom Hearts 1 has the best plot in the series bar none is because it's straightforward and simple and therefore those character moments can I can actually remember them better and I'm not distracted by other shit that doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? And there's the fact that the worlds aren't pointless in that game. Which I really, I really prize but evidently more we, than you guys. We've already established that the worlds no, are pointless. No, we disagree that they're important. That's what it is. Is that we just disagree on what, because I think they're important in all these games. You really? You think that Roxas helping Cinderella make a dress is important to the story of Birth by Sleep? First of all, is Ventus, but <laughs> well, they're the, yes, they're, 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 they're integral to their hero's We're journeys. We're talking about well, Kingdom Hearts three. Journeys, but I but, don't care yeah. about Ventus's journey at all. He just then why wanders are you playing around. the game? I don't know because you, you guys playing? told me I had to, so we could do this podcast. Doesn't that sound like Super Mario Galaxy two? Yeah, okay, but, but the difference Michael, here is Michael, that Galaxy saying, 2 oh is gosh. a good game. Ooh! Literally, literally, literally. I mean, my, my gripe was just that, I mean, you you do believe, and that's fine, that they, they're only relevant in Kingdom Hearts 1. And that is fine. I think they are relevant in but Kingdom it's, it's Hearts not 1 that, and Dream that Drop like, Distance. It's not that we, like, just accept the fact. It's like, I do think that they're relevant in other games. I don't think I don't that want, they are. I, I that think that they are misconstrued. I think that in Chain of Memories, they are definitely filler and yes. add nothing. It's just space but for Nominee to mess Hearts with 3. his memories. We're talking about Kingdom Hearts 3. And I think that, I mean, Kingdom Hearts 3 is like marginally better than Birth by Sleep and Chain of Memories, but not by much. It's like, here's the problem. Nomura wrote himself into a corner because really Dream Job Distance and 3 should have just been one game. It should have been the Disney worlds were in the Waking World section from Dream Drop Distance, and then after that's over, you go to the Keyblade Graveyard to fight them. That would have been so much better, but that's not what they decided to do. They decided to spend an entire game retconning the first two 
numbered games to arbitrarily fit it into the birth by sleep setup and then what? they decided to make another game after that but uh-oh we can't have them fight right away otherwise we can't put disney worlds in there hmm i can't think of a good reason for him to go to the disney world so we'll just say that you, him you losing are, at the oh end of dream gosh. job distance you, you weakened talking, him and made him talking lose. oh my gosh you are talking in like so much hypotheticals here you are like speaking as if you know namura like you are Nomura. I just, you know, why didn't I, you know? Hey, Docs, so, I'm, so I am sorry that it's so I asinine. cannot like this as much as you, but no, I don't. It's not that. It's not that. It's 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 your refusal. You're clearly, you are having an emotional understand. reaction to what I am saying. No, no, no. Because no, no. you like it's, it, it's and I don't. It's not that. I feel you, your thoughts are valid, but it's it's equally valid for me to critique them as you have me and as we all have. But the, the problem I'm having with your argument is that, like, you're talking in terms as if somebody forced you to play the past games at knife point. Like, you were forced to play Roxas. You were forced to go through Birth by Sleep. And it's like... If I didn't and I was here talking about this with you, not knowing what had happened, you guys would be complaining that I didn't play it. No, but that's a hypothetical. You don't know that. But the point is, Michael, it's like you ask, why should I care about these characters? You know, like, why should I care? Why should I do this? And it's it's frustrating because the the game shows you why you should care. It, it shows you that these are job, people. Then. I I don't I just I don't see I, it. Don't, I don't care about it. Shion. I don't care about Roxas. I care about the characters from Kingdom Hearts 1. I care I, about I just, some of the characters from 2, I guess. But I don't care about the Birth by Sleep trio because that story was so padded. It was somehow both simpler and more padded than 2. I don't know. It was bad. But then why does the why does the story prevent you from caring about the characters? <sighs> Let me, okay. Maybe we need to back up for a minute. I mean, I'm I'm hearing Michael. I, I don't know if Haydock. I Haydock. I don't know if he, like. I feel like he just don't want to accept that Michael does not like things about Kingdom Hearts. I've got to be honest. No, no. I just don't. I I just don't like how he's phrasing it. it it's just like I don't. I I don't get it. I don't understand. I I I I hear where you're coming from. I just I don't understand how y you say like the the quality of the story is what prevents you from just like so I'm understanding you. I don't want to misinterpret you. Yes. You're saying that the quality of the story prohibits you or inhibits you from enjoying the characters. Is that what you're saying? Well, first of all, perhaps this is not relevant to what you were saying, but I think we need to, to recall that at the beginning of this conversation, I said that I think this is a good game in spite of the story because right. the gameplay is just that good. It is worth playing for the gameplay. Now, as to whether the story ruins the characters for me... I think it's the problem is that I don't care about the care like using birth by sleep as an example I don't care about those characters I, it's like both at the same time I don't know how to describe it 
Like, I barely know who they are at the beginning. Terra leaves for no good reason. Ventus follows him and does nothing of consequence. And then Aqua spends the entire game looking for them. And then at the end, there's a big battle. And then everybody has a bad ending. It's just like the stuff in the middle didn't really matter. And it's... I didn't care about them, so I didn't care about the story that was being told. Whereas with Kingdom Hearts 1... The problem... I have a few problems. One is that Nomura, in terms of the mythology he has created for this universe, is very inconsistent and difficult to follow, unless if you play Kingdom Hearts 2 multiple times. And even then, like I said, I still forget that there is a part in Kingdom Hearts 2 where Kyrie meets with the Twilight Town gang. I always forget that that part happens in the game, because so many things happen that it's hard to keep track of it all in my head. And this is why I've... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we've been talking about this stuff for like five hours so far. We still have like a lot of stuff I mean, to it's, address. It's really fun. I, I, I do want to say this like, you, you don't you don't care about the care like that's fine. I do want to say I don't this know much. where the arguments are coming from here. I, I don't actually know either. I kind of blurred out. Hadox, you know, you brought up the point about me being at metaphorically at knife point or whatever. It's like the implication there is like, why are you still playing these games? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I've got to be honest. After this, I just. I don't really want to follow this series anymore. Like, as, it, as far okay. as I'm concerned, I, I'm done. I, you know, it's... Michael... I, I want to apologize if I came across as if I was personally attacking you. That was not my intent, and I feel like I, I'm a little bit tired, so perhaps it came across... I, I played it up a lot, not gonna lie. <laughs> but uh, I want to apologize if it got personal. But it, like, I I totally get that. I totally I totally understand you. Like, it's like I, that, I really was what, the only reason I played through Birth by Sleep, even though it was boring, and I didn't yeah. care about the characters, and the gameplay was just like Kingdom Hearts One Light. Was because and I agree with I you. had you guys here, and encouraging me to push forward to see this third game, and to see it through. And, and, and you, you know, know the first I, two I number games that. are fun. Kingdom Hearts One is a good game. Kingdom Hearts Two, I don't really like the story that much, but it has its high points. Even despite that, in the gameplay, it's fun. Kingdom Hearts Three, the gameplay is fun, and it's the best that the series has seen so far. But in terms of the story and wanting to follow this franchise, like it's like Kingdom Hearts Two was confusing in terms of the way it delivered its plot, but everything after that has just been retcon after retcon so that we can have the showdown with Master Xehanort that I never even asked for. And then when can we also got add to on it... To something? Can, I, can I add something onto like what you're saying? Because I, I get it. Another point that I would like to bring up is that, again, this is the first console Kingdom Hearts game that we've had in 13 years. This is the first Kingdom Hearts game that we've gotten in about seven years, like core Kingdom Hearts game that we got in, in seven years, right? And in that time span, we've had games on the PS2, the GBA, 
DS, 3DS, PSP, now we have it on the Xbox One and the PS4. So if you're following this series from the beginning, it's very tiring, it is very frustrating. And I did say earlier that there is an appeal to follow this complicated, convoluted story. It's like going down a rabbit hole, but trying to keep up with it by getting all the new game consoles and everything like that, I do think that was... <laughs> it was stupid, and I don't know why he decided to do that. And... Again, that's also because like I was following the series for, since Chain of Memories. I started on the Game Boy Advance, and then from that point, I went on to the PS2 games, the DS game, PSP, and all that kind of stuff. And that's also why, again, like this game is so frustrating for me is because they really were setting this thing up to be like, like the end of the end. Like this is it. This is it, fellas. Maybe not the last Kingdom Hearts game, but the last game in this giant saga that we've been building up for for thirteen odd some years. And it felt very. Uh, it, it just for me, it felt very unsatisfying. And again, like that kind of history where you're trying to keep up with all this kind of stuff, along with all the retcons and convolutions that are in those games, it, is, it was frustrating. And I was thinking to myself I'm, that I'm, I'm done with this series because I'm, I'm just I got fed up with it. I was right there with you. But there are two things that kind of pulled me back. They washed they washed out the bad taste of three left in my mouth. Excuse me, I had a hiccup, but I held it in. First things first is that. They do. They really don't hide that there's that Union Cross or Unchained Key or whatever is going to be integral to the next saga. Like that's going to be really important. That is a little frustrating. But you know, for one, we're at a point where there's like a lot of information readily available. We can follow this stuff a lot easier now. First of all, and second of all, there really aren't that many consoles left to port Kingdom Hearts onto. Like now we have like the next we have the next PlayStation, the next Xbox, and we got the Switch. You know, we're not going to have, like, another Nintendo handheld, or another Sony handheld, or another Microsoft handheld, that they can just, like, randomly port Kingdom Hearts games that are canon. Like, the future of Kingdom Hearts, from what it looks like to me, is going to be much more streamlined and much more easier to follow. While I don't think that'll fix the complicated story, it'll soften the blow a little bit. I think the series needs to reboot. I think and that's you know, what that's they're going for. And, you know, that's also kind of where the second thing comes in with that secret ending or the secret movie that came out on the what was it the 31st when they were teasing that it's potentially like instead of Disney worlds that we're going to be getting we're going to be getting Square Enix worlds maybe that won't reboot it but it can act as a soft reboot because it's going to be something completely different and I, I want to say that, too Michael you know I, I want to share a little secret with the boys since we've gone five hours into this. <laughs> you want to hear my secret? This is the plot twist, ready? Yeah. You want to hear the plot twist I've been planning for five hours oh, to unleash God. upon all of you? I don't like Kingdom Hearts. <gasps> I don't like the you know, series I just that much. EXO, uh, I have a request. If you could also put like my icon that I have on my Discord somewhere in this video, because I just <laughs> noticed that my my chicken nugget is in the, it's in the shape of a heart. I thought that's and why me... you were using it. Nope, <laughs> I just did because and... it's a chicken nugget. Let me let me explain. I like Kingdom Hearts for its dumb components. I like it for its dumbness, its music, its visuals, its gameplay to to an extent to a caveat and i agree with you michael i hate birth by sleep i really do i if i'm gonna keep it real with you chief i had my friend play it and i watched the bulk of it 
because I could not I could not bear playing the Trinity boss three times when I replayed it because I I have such a detest for a lot of it and I do agree with you that Just the story was a slog. Note, I I remember you telling me once that that was your favorite game in the series. I changed my mind. Okay. <laughs> that is huh? Carry on. Well, I mean, I played it I played it, you know, when I was younger on the PSP, so you know, this was 2014 Haydox before, you know, my life guts flipped turned upside down, as they say. Mm -hmm. I like Kingdom Hearts specifically for the emotions. I don't think I like the series, you know? It, it's it's complicated to explain, right? Just like the, the plot. Haha, Just like Kingdom joke. Hearts in general. I'm with King K. I'm still on your side, King K. Don't think I've abandoned you, because I would never abandon you, my king. You know, that's fine. Because, <laughs> like... I've actually been tr really trying to just hold myself back <laughs> from this conversation a little bit. Yeah. I don't know how, how good of a job I've done, but, like... I've, I've just tried to let people say things and not react negatively because I've actually found myself in the last week like this doesn't usually happen with me for video games but Kingdom Hearts 3 is like this is mo like this might sound dramatic this this is transcended like no matter like the quality of it this is like a life event for me no I I, I agree with you 100% yeah it's it's like it was, I played Kingdom Hearts when it came out in 2002. G can you imagine being with something that long? Right. Like, it, it is next to impossible for me to separate my own identity from it. As much, I can do it with anything else. This one thing, I... It's it's one of the only things nowadays where somebody will post just innocently be like, oh, I don't like it or I don't like how it did things. And on the inside, I will like have this gut visceral reaction like why? And I have to just keep it in, you know, like because it's it's one of the only things that it still happens with. Because for me, it's like this this marks like. Not only did it close the story arc, it, it like I've been with it so long, thinking about it for so long, loving it for so long, following characters for so long, that for Nomura to finally say, "Okay, this saga is now done," and I can be like, "Okay, that chapter of my life, that chapter of my fucking life is yes. done." Yes. You know, like how it's really hard for me to just stay calm for that. Yeah. Which is why I've, I've just tried to hold myself back. Because I can so easily just, like... Someone can just post their opinion. And it's totally, like... It's totally cool for them to do that. And for people to disagree. But this is this has transcended a, a thing. <laughs> right. It is, it is an event. Because here's the thing. This isn't just one of the most anticipated games of the year. This is one of the most anticipated games ever made. I, I would say this is like up there with like the likes of Half-Life 3 and Sonic Adventure 3. It's just stuff that's been teased time and time and time again. And it's something it's like dangling a carrot in front of our faces 
right? And we just been we've been on this road for God knows how long, and we finally made it. And whether or not it lived up to our expectations, that doesn't matter because we fucking made it here. We Can we live long enough to see Kingdom Hearts three. The joke is now officially dead. And Can at I this point, at this point, we, we're not going to get nearly as excited for a Kingdom Hearts four or five or six than we ever were for Kingdom Hearts three because we had thirteen years to anticipate it. I don't think we're ever going to get that with another Kingdom Hearts game. Can we're I, never going to get I, another uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Can I add on to that? I really want to add By on to means. what King K said. Because, you know, I, I'm sure all of you, most of the people watching pr at this point know me. I'm a very tumultuous person. You know, Michael knows this firsthand. He knows how, how much of a spaz I can be. Uh, you know, just, just a bit off the wall sometimes. And, uh... Just like all over the place and I don't know we this is this is gonna get super personal I, we're not gonna go uh, like super in-depth here but you know I remember 2014 the first one of the first conversations I ever had with Michael was about how stupid Kingdom Hearts's plot could be do you remember that Michael vaguely That's, yeah. I don't know, like when 3 came out, I had a little heart-to-heart, a -heart, uh, personal heart-to-heart -heart with Michael, and now like... Now that it's over, it's like... It, it, it's, it just... It's it, such it, a strange feeling for it to just... It's like... It's like this build-up of my... Of me as a person has just like... This is where it it cements. Like, Kingdom Hearts has been so integral to my life that I can just kind of, like, mark milestones based on releases. Mm -hmm. And this yeah. is the one where I will keep playing Kingdom Hearts and I'll always be a fan, but, like, it's, it's like... I think, my like, as a person, I still have places to go, but, like, this is where I cement 
This is where that, that time in your life where you're like, you start to just, life just starts to happen. You know? We move I, on. I, there's a part of me that feels really, really as like, it's so incredibly happy playing this game. Oh, there's shit, also a dude. part of me that feels really, really empty now that it's just... Why am I crying <laughs> now on that this it's podcast just... right now, bro? Why am I crying on now this podcast? Now that it's just over, you know? Like, uh, I don't I don't even know how to properly express that. It's... If I can say something, too, about this, oh, is that, like... I'm right there with you guys. You know, it's... It's a weird feeling that we're at this point, and the way how I, I like, it's funny because like with King K, I'm, I'm kind of like the exact opposite, where it's like, I don't feel, I feel empty, not because it's here, but because it just, it wasn't the conclusion that I, I guess it wasn't the conclusion that I wanted, right? But I'm also happy that it's done, because now I feel like as if we can move on to bigger and better things, right? Like, it was... This is something that's, like... It's been a part of our lives for years. And now, whether or not it, we got the ending that we wanted, we can close that book and move on to the next one. That's how it, I see it, anyways. It really does feel like, you know, the start of something new. You know? Like, it last year was pretty shitty. But then, like, I came into 2019... And, like, I, I had a really, really bad year. And, like, a string of bad years. But then I came into this year and I'm like, Kingdom Hearts is coming out. This thing. This event. This milestone. Like, and it and it feels like, now that I have completed it, it, it just, like, I feel, like King K said, like, a chapter is starting. A new one. You know, like... A different one, you know? Like, this is... Yeah. This is, like, the start of something, you know? And while and I don't think that... Like I said before, I don't think the next Kingdom Hearts game... I don't think any future Kingdom Hearts game... Will ever have the same kind of impact that 3 had. Like I said, we're not going to be nearly as excited for Kingdom Hearts 4, 5, or 6. Because now, just, circumstances are different. You know, we're all, we're all going to be in different places. And it's not going to have that same kind of impact. So, I just—I mean, on the one hand, it's just like, oh, well, shit. You know, it's, it might not be that emotionally driven anymore. But, I mean, again, if we can talk more about the game itself for the next thing, again, what I am looking forward to about it is that it, I have a good feeling that it's going to be more streamlined. Like, you know, following this year is going to be more streamlined. And, you know, maybe at that point, we're not, we can expect the next console game sooner than we would originally have thought um and also again like i like the idea of having potentially like square enix worlds in the next game hearts game i think that's going to be really interesting but you know it's like yeah there is a bit of an empty feeling there but i do think that there is something off in the distance that's worth looking forward to what were you gonna say michael i uh... With, with Kingdom Hearts 3, I think it's safe to say that I have a different... The series means something different for me than it does for you. I did not have a PS2 growing up. 
I did not grow up with these games. Uh, really, the, the first time I played Kingdom Hearts 1 was in like 2012 or something like that. So a couple years before Haydox burst into the scene. If that gives you a frame of reference. And, mm. you know, on, honestly, Kingdom Hearts 1 does have some nostalgia value for me. I'm not really sure why, but... My favorite part of Kingdom Hearts 3 was fighting Ansem again. Because it reminded me of the experience of fighting him in 1. I don't know. And it's just like, at this point... It, as this game went on... The first 28 hours with the Disney Worlds, while the Disney Worlds were good in and of themselves, and intrinsically satisfying to play, in terms of their role in the overarching plot, I felt that was sorely lacking. It came off as filler to me. Then when the actual pl plot started happening, at first I was pleased with that, because it means like, okay, now we're finally gonna save the Birth by Sleep trio, now we're finally gonna have the 13 lights and seven darknesses or what the other way around clash and all i wanted to see was everybody battling and to see xehanort explode in a giant ball of light to never be seen again because he's i don't like him at all well i mean i find him entertaining like but you know evil mcwiggle fingers and all that <laughs> but uh he you know in terms of like narratively where he has come from. It started out that there was just a guy named Z Ansem. Then it turns out, oh no, that was actually Xehanort pretending to be Ansem. And it's like, oh no, that's not really Xehanort. That's Xehanort possessing Terra's body. And okay, now there are five Xehanorts and it's just like stupid. I was so looking for it. I just wanted the catharsis of watching him explode. That's all <laughs> I wanted. But we had to have a scene where everybody dies and then they all come back and it's not explained very well and then the second time Terra is just there for some reason so why even have the first one it, it just seemed like a sequence of events that and it just kept getting worse and it just kept going on and on and on and it's just by the end I just wanted it to be over it was at the point that I did not even care that Sora was missing because it meant that the story could be done I just wanted it to be over that badly. And at this point, I... <laughs> it's like at first I was excited about the prospect of Xehanort being done so we can move on to hopefully a simpler plot again. We can just tell a straightforward story. But then we saw the ending where it turns out that Zigbar was some character from back cover the whole time and it's just like, I don't care where this goes next. I don't... I really think that it, the series needs to reboot. It, it has gone so far off the rails that it is not possible to recover. So they either... They need to reboot. It needs, we need to start with a fresh slate and with, wipe the mythology clean so that we can start over and do it right this time. And I, I'm sure that you guys will disagree with that. Maybe you're looking forward to, like you guys said, there is an appeal for some people to that convolution. For me, it's just not there. I would much prefer, I, I much prefer a simple story told well than a convoluted one not told well. Because the emotional moments, the themes, the characterization can all shine better in a simple plot. 
and it's like I don't care where it goes next. I I have absolutely no interest in Kingdom Hearts 4. Unless if I hear from you guys that it is returned to Kingdom Hearts 1 basics, I really have no interest in it whatsoever. And it's weird to say because I enjoyed the gameplay. But the story left such a bad taste in my mouth that I really don't want to touch this franchise anymore. And, you know, know, you're valid, Michael. I, think, I mean, I uh, think that, I mean, like I said... Yeah, you know what, Michael, you probably get a lot of shit in the comments, but I, th I think that's unwarranted. You're valid. You I mean, know, like, the comments are... Like, if you get shit on for it, I think it's unwarranted. I agree. Like I said, valid, XO, I was Michael. right there with you, but then, like, like I said, the idea of Square Enix Worlds has me really interested. Like, me raiding tombs with Laura Croft and Mickey Mouse sounds dope as shit, and I'm all for that. But, I'm, like I said... I'm sure that the gameplay will be just fine. And honestly, the idea of going to Square Enix Worlds does sound refreshing. Mm -hmm. But in Are terms of the ongoing Kingdom Hearts saga... Or I guess sagas now. Like the epilogue did not leave me wanting to see what happens next. It was so the Zigbar reveal was so stupid. <laughs> I like I'm just. Ugh, done. I'll agree with that. I didn't like Zigbar all of a sudden being Lucio. <sighs> it's like I, I don't like care. I don't want to see what happens next. I don't even care how Sora gets back. Or whether you he know, gets back. At least, at least the game allows people to get off the ride now. <sighs> because like, there's, there's, a, there's like that part's done, and they're like, hey, you want to go? Like, they're they're teasing like, hey, there's this new ride. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to, which is nice. It's nice that that's a thing. Like, I, I man, I feel like I've lost like a tether, like one of my tethers to like. I was living my life like, oh, Kingdom Hearts 3, that'll be, like, the thing. I, I still I think that. I just lost that. <laughs> I, I don't, know, I don't even know what to do anymore. It's a weird you, you thing. You ever have that, like, I don't even know what, what to do now. I understand that, King K. Play Golden Sun. Your heart will be exactly. your guiding key. Exactly, Ryan, exactly. It's like, it's like new pastures. It's like, it's like I've been biding my time. <laughs> just like is now a good time uh, to end the podcast have we exhausted Kingdom Hearts 3 I mean there's a lot of stuff we didn't talk about but I think it's fine to end it Yeah. I would like to share a moment that I had with my sister that I thought was pretty cool though just, just yeah. a brief thing is that I know a lot of people hated the bit with uh, Ephemir the Union Cross character where Sword jumps into the tornado and then he rides all the keyblades and shit because they said it was like an advertisement for the phone game and I never really dabbled much into it but my sister actually played Union Cross competitively so when that happened she was like losing her mind and I was asking her like oh what, what's what's going on and she's like no I know that guy he's from the phone game oh that's so cool and then the part where you get to shoot the keyblades at the tornado and at the heartless and everything like that how it used actual people's names it, I thought that was really cool, but what made it especially, like, impactful was that my sister saw a number of people who she played the game with. And I'm like, okay, fuck, I gotta admit, even though this might be like a huge advertisement for the phone game, 
it got something like that out of her, that has to mean something. Like, there was more to it than just being a blatant, stupid advertisement. If it got that kind of reaction, so... Like I said, I like, the sum of, I like the sum of its parts. And while I don't like the story, and I don't think it's very satisfying, I do think that there are definitely moments, so... And as we close our podcast, and as it's coming to a close, I want to reiterate... A lot of in our podcast is played up. It, we do not hate <laughs> no, each hey, other. No, hey, I fucking hate you. You fucking suck. I love you, Ryan. You handsome son of a bitch. Oh. You are awesome. <laughs> it's just the price of entertainment, really. Yeah. We, we Didn't drain Exo ourselves have, like, a for thingy you. That he wanted us to play along with. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> yes. Hold on. Finally. It's time I, to it, oh, everything has been leading up to this moment. Oh my god. For all my Oof. life, I've been searching to forge the King K blade. And now, oh, finally, so. after 60-something episodes in our first series, and another seven in our second series, the 64 lights and seven darknesses have been united, and I have forged the King K blade. I created this podcast for the express purpose of forging the King K blade. So that I might unlock the secrets of the universe. That's right, folks. This was all planned out from the beginning. For years. For years. I plotted creating a relationship between... it And it another requirement, arbitrary requirement for this, was that the four... The, we had to be friends. We had to have connections of the heart. And after, the and after all of this time, out, in and outside of the podcast... It is final. My goal has finally been realized. Makes about well, as much I, sense as Nomura's writing, anyway. I, I I volunteer to be a part of the seven, so that way I could take down sixty-four, the sixty-four darknesses, because sixty-four darknesses are, are just sixty-four copies of Mario sixty-four. <laughs> my biggest enemy. You even laugh like a super villain. <laughs> now wiggle your fingers for me, Exo. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. wiggle. All right, that's wait, it. Wait, what, what was the bit? What was the bit? That was the bit. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Still so better than Ryan's underwear story. So now that you have the what will you do? Anyways, Michael. That's it. Oh wait, that's, wait. Done. Before we before we end the podcast, you at the beginning we said Michael owes me or I owe Michael an insult a free insult no response he gets the last word of this podcast and it's an insult to me and oh. this is your time to shine Michael uh, do I you even want to use my card right now well you <laughs> no, it's gonna be like the card. wild card that Sora gets it's just gonna be there and it's not yeah. gonna fucking have any payoff you no 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 you get multiple cards this isn't your only insult card you can get an insult card anytime it's like a special perk okay but use it use it once you, you didn't use it yet I'm tired Hadox I don't have anything for you. <laughs> Call him a poopy butt McGee. Mike, Michael, uh, come on, I, please insult me. I please. What are you, like a masochist or something? Michael, please no, insult Michael, me. the true insult is to not insult him. Michael, that's don't the insult that's how you do it. wound. No, don't ins Please insult me. <laughs> like, what do I want to insult? Like, I've gotta- I've gotta use this the right way, and I just don't know insult how- Insult his butt. That's not good enough. Oh. 
<laughs> Michael, come on, we're running out of time. The viewers are leaving in mass. That's what I'm hoping for. Exo, I gotta take a shit. Let's wrap this up. Alright, you are a liver-livered nincompoop. Alright, well, in the next time of the Unversed cast, we're gonna discuss Sonic Mania. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Super Mario Galaxy. I mean, Super Mario Odyssey. We'll see you in the next time. Super Bye. Mario 3. Please check out our channel on YouTube.com for video versions of all our podcasts. The music used in this podcast is as follows. Aces High, Airport Lounge, Almost New, Apro Hour, Ashton Manor, Awesome Call, Beachfront Celebration, Bosa Antigua, Bosa Bosa, Crinoline Dreams, Continue Life, Cool Vibes, Deuces, Dirt Roads, Dispersion Relation, District 4, Division, Eternity, Fireflies and Stardust, Funnin' and Sunnin', Funky Chunk, Hard Boiled, Hepcats, In Your Arms, Intractable, Jazz Brunch, Leopard Print Elevator, Lightless Dawn, Lobby Time, Local Forecast Slower, Loping Sting, Matt's Blues, Mining by Moonlight, No Good Layabout, Novel Noel, Octo Blues, Porch Blues, Porch Swing Days Slower, Procession of the King, Samba Isobel, Shades of Spring, Shaving Mirror, Somewhere Sunny Version 2, Street Party, The Curtain Rises, Water Droplets on the River, White, and Winter Chimes. All of these tracks were composed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and are licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can find this license at http colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash buy forward slash 3.0 forward slash. This episode was edited by Exoparadigm Gamer, who you can check out on YouTube at https colon forward slash forward slash www.youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Exoparadigm Gamer. Thank you all very much for watching our podcast and we'll see you guys next time.